so decoy at the and this is something i wanted to this story i wanted to save for just this moment because um when we were talking decoy and i were talking about uh this episode for a while and we were like who should we have on because like i feel like everyone is like pretty qualified to talk about root and i was like dude let's have caleb on because he just won the rootcon thing <laughs> yep and, I, and and also he like helped me start the show like the show wouldn't exist if you didn't help me kind of get it off the ground um so i was like dude we gotta have caleb back on like that's a no, no brainer and i wanted to mention to decoy and let you know also that uh at the conclusion of the final we were we had like a little hallway window of time before we came down and got announced and stuff and i was like bro caleb like this is pretty epic like you know what i mean like it was just a good moment so i wanted to thank oh, you yeah. again, caleb and like welcome you back with open arms to the show yeah well i just wanted to remember in that moment like hey man like two years ago you invited me to like a really small discord where uh, it was like a Wednesday night and I told my wife, hey, I'm going to play some root online. And I cracked a beer and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I know you had a little spreadsheet going and yeah, man. like we've come a long way from then. So that was, yeah, that was a nice little moment. Yeah. We have come a very long way and it's like, and do, I mean, it's been an awesome ride too. Like this game has brought us all together and like what better way to like celebrate it than to like get to sit here and talk about it together. You know, like <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Definitely. Definitely. Oh. Hell yeah. I sent some questions along um, mm -hmm. so you could kind of like see him ahead of time. Decoy likes to go uh, from the seat of his pants, so I didn't send him anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, I took, and... a, I took a brief glance. Nothing, <laughs> nothing too much. Uh, Decoy also likes to retire from this game. Um, oh all my time, god. I've, I've retired from this game so many times. I've also <laughs> unretired that number plus. Oh. Four, so. does, does it become yeah. too much of a, an obsession or a weight and you feel like you have to just step away or what, what does retiring I mean? Feel be? Like I know, yeah. It's, it's it's some of that. Like I, I play this game, and then I play this game a lot, and then I get yeah. sick of it, and then yep. I take a long break, and then I'm like, yep. I feel like I want to play Root again for a little while. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe I'll get more into digital, or maybe I'll come back to TTS, or like there's a new <laughs> tournament, and I want to probably play a few games so I remember what I'm doing. Uh, yeah, my relationship with this game is complicated because I like it, and I also <laughs> don't like it at the same time. Uh, yes, yeah. 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 It's complicated. That's like Facebook. Like, remember, you guys remember when this, so this is going to age us all. I mean, of course, we're already aged anyway, but remember when Facebook first existed and there was like four statuses you could sit, you could submit for yourself? There was like a little what drop down. Maybe, maybe you don't remember. I don't know. Yeah. So there, there was like a little drop down. It was like single in a relationship. It's complicated and, and one other one. I oh, yes, yes, yes. And yes. that's all yes. you could say. And like there was no other options. You couldn't like type in your own thing and like, it, you know, it was still in like beta or whatever. Right. So it was like basically Microsoft like office suite, like the website or, you know what I mean? So it was like, Hey, you can use the drop down and like type into this Excel box and it would like update it like to the thing. Like it was very, you know what I mean? It's what it felt like anyway. Uh, man, it feels like that a little bit. Uh, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, oh. I don't think I've ever gotten sick of it, but I've definitely gone through months where I just don't don't touch it for a while. So we I can see it. Back. I can see it becoming too much. <laughs> yeah, I keep, keep coming back. Coming back. Yeah, we like keep coming back. Um, and I wanted to start uh, this just with like a little. How did RootCon go for everyone? Because um, I mean, it's already it's already come and gone now at this point. And by the time this is releasing, it's significantly come and gone. But for us, it's still relatively recent because uh, we're in the past still while recording. Um, so I wanted to just like sort of maybe open here with like a, you know, we all came back to Root kind of together and in real life and got to meet each other and stuff, which we like. Is, I mean, it's it's pretty. That's a pretty like big, you know, pretty big deal. Like I. Um, 
I flew from Virginia and I know Caleb's in Canada and decoys in the state of California, um, mm-hmm. San Diego, I want to say, right. Yep. San Diego. And we all went to Oregon, um, together. So I was just like, I just, I guess I wanted to sort of like hear y'all's thoughts on like that trip as a whole, now that we've had time to reflect on it and like how root, I guess the game we're talking about today, how it like, you know, made all this possible and like what it means, I guess, to you. And like, why did you go? Or like, you know, your takeaways from, from, from it or like, however you want to, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, I love what um, they're doing at the Woodland War Machine podcast. So that's like been my longtime favorite podcast. Um, oh yeah. For the last that's couple their, of years. And this was their thing, right? So that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Only after, only after this podcast, of course. And, uh, <laughs> And um, so the minute they announced it, I'm like, I told my wife, like, I got to go. And it was on the West Coast. I'm on the West Coast. It was only like a three hour drive. Um, So, yeah, going was pretty sweet. Like, I've been listening to the podcast pretty religiously and playing TTS for a couple of years. Mostly at this point, I'm just asynchronously playing. You know, it goes through phases, but like five or six days at a time on the Root digital app. Um, but I just knew that I love everything Cole Worley. I, I listened to all his podcasts that it would be, when I heard he was going, I'm like, oh, that would be a really big occasion to, to get to chat with him. Yeah. And funnily, funnily enough, like the first person I talked to when I was there was probably Cole. Because uh, I showed up. I didn't know anybody. I was pretty, pretty nervous. Um, I, I pulled up on one of those rentable scooters feeling like kind of <laughs> <laughs> very conspicuous. And, yeah. and, um, and then Cole was kind of, uh, we were lining up to go in and he was kind of skulking i think he felt a little bit awkward too he didn't really know where he was supposed to be so i just like oh okay i'll just introduce myself so i just shook his hand and and i'm like so do you know what's going on he's like no no i don't really know like no one's told me (laughs) so we were both kind of just (laughs) nervous together and yeah it was a really cool weekend i mean it was uh yeah i was like i said nervous to meet a bunch of people who i had only talked to online before Mm -hmm. um but then it turned into a huge grind where i just played a game and lost the first tournament game, which meant I had to play four more games. So. <laughs> that was a crazy. So I didn't really, that. I didn't, it wasn't really like a relaxing convention for me. It was like, okay, I'm just like playing root all the time, which I love, I guess, right. but, but it was, uh, it was, <laughs> it, it was high stakes. And it's a, it's a, it's a game that requires everything of you, right? Like you're really focusing on the game when you're playing root. So it was a tiring weekend, but really fun. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's really, really neat. You went through the gauntlet to get to get through the finals. You had to you know, yeah four consecutive games to to take it home, which you did. Yeah, I mean, when when I lost the first game, it's just like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. Like, it's just like because it's impossible to win four games in a row. Like, yeah, like that's ha- a pretty ha- unla- that's a pretty harrowing feat to be able to pull <laughs> that shit off. <laughs> yeah, four four five player games, right? Because. Yeah. I play a lot of I play a lot of magic and when you have a few games of magic ahead of you, it's like each game is like okay, fifty percent. It's kinda of, it feels like it's kind of doable in your control. But when you're in a five player tournament game, it's like anybody could just like decide to stomp on you and just ruin your day and like there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> um so definitely lots of lots of luck involved. Um a- any game I was in could have gone uh either way, especially the finals I was in with U Squid and, and oh, Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. like multiple people could have had it on their turn right before me and that's that's yeah, that's yeah. what a good game of root is that is what a good game of root is hell yeah, yeah. um just to, i want to piggyback um on your answer and then i'll let decoy go last sorry decoy but this is relatable so i was excited for a couple of reasons to go 
Um, and I also was like, I'm going to get a ticket right away. Cause like, I don't know who knows if it's going to sell out or not or whatever. Um, and when I, so I got there the day before and my wife and I made a trip out of it. So I got to see, um, like a bunch of people from the server, uh, like friend of a like bunch of friends of the show and just friends that we've made over the years. Um, decoy, uh, also, um, it turns out I, I got to meet and we were like, actually met over a hilarious nemesis swap. Cause I had to leave cause we had oh, been, I'd God, been awake for like 24 hours. Story. And yeah. we, he was like, he came late later, like then we all were there and I was like, oh shit, hey man. And then I was like, I actually have to go though. Like, can you just take over my position in this Nemesis game? And he was like, yeah. Um, so that was really funny. But the first interaction I had at the conference, um, like when the doors opened and we walked in, I saw Cole looking at the other games on the, like in the store. And I was like, I'm gonna go talk to Cole right now. Cause he's just like kind of loitering around like the game area just to like check shit out, you know, it was like, and half an hour probably before the first event thing was going to start. And I got to like sit there and talk to him and stuff. And like over the course of the conference, I obviously talked to him a couple more times and I have more Cole stories for later in the show. But one, I was excited to go because I was excited to meet all these people that I've like become close friends with. Right. And two, I was like, oh yeah, Cole is going to be there. But I like, I didn't register that. I was just like, I'm excited to go. I want to like play root and meet all these people and like hang out. And I was going to be like a sort of friends sort of like focus as opposed to like a, you know, I want to play root all the time focus. Like I ended up playing a lot, obviously. Right. But it was like with the people that I knew. Um, and then I like saw Cole like standing there as I was walking in and I was like, Oh fuck, Cole's here, dude. Like I got, and I like, I'd like, for some reason I knew that was happening, but I had just put it in the back of my mind and I got the tickets, you know, six months in advance or whatever it was. Um, so like the fact that I could like sit there with and not what well, Cole wasn't the only one there. I mean, Josh was there and a bunch of other like leader games people, but it was just so cool to like see them all in the flesh. I was like, damn, I've like seen you guys on the, all these videos and like heard you talk all this time and actually getting to like sit there and like pick their brains and stuff like one-on-one -on -one was, was really cool. So that was a big takeaway for me for sure. My, my experience was much, much the same as yours. I heard they were doing it and I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be on the West coast. My first thought was like, I wonder where this is, is this going to be in like Minnesota and Am I going to have to figure out if I want to go to Minnesota? I'm like, oh, it's in Oregon. Yeah, I could do Oregon. That's not that far. Yeah, away. it's not that far. I've been yeah. to Oregon once before, and it was really nice. And, you know, flight's pretty short. It's affordable. Um, and then a few people that we knew were going to go automatically just because they lived close. I'm like, okay. Worst Perfect, case, yeah. like, we have no idea how this is going to go. It's the first time they've done a they've done a convention with War Machine. So, right. Like the first first time conventions can go really really well or they can go really really poorly. So, right. like, as a hedge, you know, if it does, if it kind of like doesn't really work out, at least I will know people there who, who are friendly and we can do stuff. Yeah, with, even yeah, even exactly. If the convention turns out to be a bust, and then the convention was not a bust. The convention was great. Was, was great. Wonderful. Yeah, like yeah. That, that's about as well as you can do a first time convention. Um, yeah, they crushed it. Shouts yeah. to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like, I, I can't even imagine how tired all of them must have been at the end of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. All the things that they had to deal with constantly throughout the whole weekend, pre and post. It's yeah. just, it's just a ton of work that, that makes my head spin when I think about it. I remember uh, talking to Sam after uh, like one night we were, it was wrapping up the first night and his wife was there and uh, we were sitting, we were sitting there talking and I think there was a root game, like a fun root game or something. I don't know if you were playing, if we were just sitting there chatting you and me and he was standing there and I, and, uh, I remember his wife just like had this look of like just exhaustion on her face. And I was like, damn, like, I know that they're all working hard, but I didn't expect, like, I didn't know that I only think his wife was like, even a, like, she's not a part of the company. She's just like there to kind of support, you know? 
And I was like, oh man, if she's running around ragged, they must really be tired. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. In a good way. Like she looked like she was having a great time too, but I could tell that they were, I was by the end of the day, they were just like looked exhausted. And I was like, oh man, that's crazy. You know, <laughs> like that, that must be a lot they're doing. And we're just yeah. sitting there having fun. Like I didn't even notice the time went by, you know, I was just like, oh shit. It's like already over. Like day one, fuck. Like it just flew by, you know? Yep. And got to meet a bunch of interesting people, a bunch of interesting people from the server who've never met in person before. We randomly ran into other people from the survey. We didn't know we we're going to be there. Yeah, like, that was did sweet. anybody like <laughs> shout outs to Batmaster? Jason yep. just found you, and we're like, "Oh, hell yeah, we're the same server. Come say hi. Let's go." Yeah, and that was sweet. Got dinner. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, and then we just met all all sorts of uh, root players from who played root at all different levels. Like, how did your guys' first games go? My first game was really interesting, and. I really wanted to get this in somewhere and I haven't told anybody about this. So oh, yeah, bring it. I'm, I'm the last person to show up for my game and everyone's right. already seated and they're already talking. And I'm like, I messed up. I should got here early. I have <laughs> to do this for the next time because if you get there last, you don't get your choice of like where to sit. You just get to kind of sit wherever, wherever is last. And then you don't have the chance to introduce yourself because you're probably starting immediately. Yep. Which yep. happens to be exactly what you did because you were in my semifinal game. Yep, I did that on purpose the second time. Yeah, because the that's, first, that's so yeah. funny. I decided to not do that, and then you decided yeah. to do that on purpose. Anyway, yep. so we, we, we deal the game. We're looking at the thing, trying to figure out the rules. And one of the guys who's playing, uh, everyone draws their hands of five. And he reveals his hand to everybody, and he says, does anybody mind if I mulligan? Because he has all three dominance cards, or three of the four dominance cards in his hand. Oh, wow. What would you guys do? Would you oh, I would have said, I mean... I don't know. That's tough. Tournament game. Yeah, it's a tournament game. Yeah, probably not. I've probably been like, I mean, I'm glad you just showed me your starting hand, but like, you know, I probably would have said no. Yeah, I probably yeah, would have been. Even... I, probably, I probably wouldn't have answered first. I would have waited to see what other people said, but I would have been like, ooh, and like kind of made like a, I don't know. That seems kind of that's a tough hand, but also it's a tournament. But like, not said anything and see if other people agree before I'm like, yeah, no. You know what I mean? But I think I would have said no. I like the idea of being able to sit wherever so the first so yeah i don't know that's that's a tricky thing because so why why didn't you like getting there last because you wanted to sit somewhere specific like you wanted to sit facing the board or something or you just wanted to make sure that you had time to like say hi to everyone before it started i wanted to get and i, I was able to do this because while i was the last one there everything hadn't started like i got there a little bit early but everyone was already there so we had like 10 minutes and i wanted to talk to people to judge the relative skill level of everyone involved because that's yeah. really important it, it lets me know just like through casual, not prodding, but like. But you can tell like who knows what they're doing based on what they're saying. Like, hey, yeah. how many guys, like, where do you guys play? You play on TTS? Oh, mostly play in person. Well, if you mostly play in person, it probably means that you haven't gotten a lot of games. Maybe that's not strictly true, but. But maybe, yeah, I mean. Yeah, but maybe. So I kind of want to <laughs> do that. I was still able to do that like a little bit. Right. And one of a few of the people like. Um, let it slip that they hadn't played in a little while. One person Ooh. said they'd only played 1v1. Oh, no. <laughs> One person said they had played a lot, but hadn't really played in the past two years. Oh, wow. And then that's like that's like two expansions. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so like, there, like there's people that are, are missing chunks of the game, and that all right. goes into drafting strategy. And I was able to get most of that out. Right. But the most... Um, the most experienced-ish player is the one who said that thing about mulliganing his hand. Oh, really? And yes. 
And so I looked around, and nobody else says anything. And I say immediately, sure, go ahead. That's cool. Do you know oh. why I might, do you know why someone might do that? I think, Ooh, I, I think like most people would not be shocked that I let someone do that. Right. Ah, uh, I think so. Why did you, why were you so down to say yes? So, so if he's going to be the primary, like, and this was actually not true. I thought he was going to be the primary competition and because it was, it seemed like a pretty inexperienced table, but they knew how to play root and I was sure. Yeah. Play. So like we have to go through the whole drafting thing. And I'm like, I kind of say under my breath, it's not a bad hand, especially if you have lizards or something. I don't right. think we had lizards in that draft. We played so many games. I don't remember what was in where he's either tied or he's, he's close to the most experienced player there. Yeah. And I just instantly without thinking too hard, say, sure, go for it. Because right. if there comes a situation and this is like, Oh, I know what, what you're about what is, to say. Yeah. It, in a situation where you want to make friends, if you're going to, at the very beginning, say, yeah, sure, do the thing that's like slightly against the rules, but you might just do in your home games casually, then that person might have your back if you ask to do something that is also maybe not strictly against the rules, but like kind of edge casey things. Um, yeah. Yep. To like that you might call over somebody from Woodland War Machine for rules clarification, it helps to have friends and just say, yeah. that's fine. Do whatever you want. It's just a friendly game. It's cool. Don't have to worry about anything. Uh, that's and, tricky. <laughs> yeah, because I think like that's a bad spot. But judging by the skill level of the table, I figured it doesn't strictly it matter. It probably won't matter. Anything. I was about to say, it yeah. probably won't matter, yeah. Because looking at the draft, whatever it was, I felt really confident. Because at this point in the game, we had drawn our hands, but nothing else had happened. We, we dealt out the, the flop, and we could see the six factions. And I think I was in the middle position, in the third seat. And I was looking at it, and like, I can play any of these. Like, I can see how this draft is going to work. Yeah. And from where I'm sitting, I'm in a really good position. So they can do whatever they want. I don't even think it's that You'll bad. still be good, yeah. Like, I think it's <laughs> yeah. going to be all right, because this person is first pick. Right. And it ended up working out because I, I didn't do something that was strictly against the rules, but I asked for a rollback. And he was the first person who said yes immediately. Yeah, because you and do give him one, right? See? Yeah, I gave him one earlier. So I think yep. it's really important to do stuff like that. That's why I play Root very, very friendly when I play TTS. Yeah, go that for it. Is, do whatever you want. That's like, If it comes down to a king-making situation, the person who is nice will more often be the person who gets king-made, I think, depending on who you're playing with. Especially yeah, if you're playing with random people. Or if that, you're asking for like edgy yeah. rules things, the person who is nice, you're more likely like if someone's asked asked to roll back across a phase and they've just been an ass the whole night, oh, no. The, I'm gonna say no. no, you're not allowed to do that. Right. But if that person's just been really, really friendly and seemed like an honest stick, sure, whatever. So that's yeah. what I was trying yeah, to that's... do. And it kind of worked out. So yeah, I, that I mean, was my... I'd say you won the game. Yeah, I did. And it was good. <laughs> so, I, mean... I made a mistake. Like I made a small mistake. And I don't yeah. think I don't think necessarily they wouldn't have let me roll it back, but it was it was an interesting spot that I haven't been able to tell anybody about until now. Yeah, that's I so I I understand the idea of saying yes. I thought you were gonna say like you were gonna say yes so that later in the game you could make a deal with that person that's obviously bad for them and they'll trust you and then you can backstab them and win. I thought you were gonna do that with it, um, but I, I could see your angle of like it too. That. 
Oh, come I on, man. People. I've never backstabbed <laughs> anyone in my entire life. Oh, sure. Yeah, no way. No, not a chance. Never. Hasn't. Hasn't oh. happened. That's like, that's, that's verging into the territory of like asshole behavior. Ooh, I, I don't okay. know. Like, I don't do that actively, but I, I seize opportunities though. So I'm not, so if, so here's, I would say no, I think, but I would read the table. And if the table all said yes, then I would, I would go for it. Right. But I think it depends on the, the level of the table, like you said, and depends on if everybody's random. So in my game, for example, uh, my first game, it was uh, a player, the player to my left. So I, I showed up late, um, not late, like, but I, I was the last of the table and it was about to start. And I was like, oh, the game starts at 11. So I'll get there at 11. Right. Like I was like, I'm not going to go and sit there early. Um, so the person to my left was pretty new, had only played base game. The person to their left, uh, similar story, hadn't had hadn't played a game with every factions. The person to my right was relatively experienced, maybe had played a little bit of everybody, but still hadn't played a lot. And then the person across from me to their right was the similar situation, most experienced. And they picked Badgers. And I was like, oh, you're screwed. But I didn't tell them that. Um, because nobody else knew what was going on and I knew how to stop, stop them. So I was like, yeah, yeah, play Badgers. And you like, he had four points until like his last turn. Um, but that's, we'll get into that. We can get into that later. But uh, I think in a situation like that, I'm way more inclined to be like, sure. Yeah, no problem. Right. Because like the person to my left was like, I pretty much only ever play birds and birds were drawn. And they were like, you can just play birds that and like left them for her, for example. So it was like, it was setting up to be a friendly game. So I was like, oh, this is a friendly game. I'm not going to like, you know, like I could just tell from like the body language of the group that that was kind of what they were doing. But like in the finals and uh, Caleb can back me up on this. It was a much different, like it was immediately like every game we play together, right? Like from, from the first, like once the flop was out, we started like table talking right away. You know what I mean? So like, in that yeah. scenario, I'd be like, well, of course not, because like you can just tell that the level of root IQ had elevated like exponentially from the round one. And even in our semifinal game, I think it was a similar situation. Like we were table talking right away as opposed to like, I, mean, I guess you could say everything's table talk, blah, blah, blah. But it definitely is a different experience when it's like four random people or like a round one and the level of game play is lower because then it's like, well, we're just having fun. Like I'm not out here to draw blood and win by 40 points like that's dumb like in that scenario you know so i think i probably would have said yes then in that case specifically but my inclination would have been to say no though so that's interesting that's really funny yeah. if, if like an, if an ex, a known experienced player says that i'm saying no 100 times yeah like if you said that i'd be like no bro no. <laughs> yeah yeah but <laughs> right like if it's in our semifinal game and our semifinal game was you and me and then yep. we had Dewey. yep and then we had saluna and yep. uh a slightly older guy named oh yeah i, I can't remember matt. his name but i remember matt i think matt or max or something i forget i think it's yeah. matt yeah yeah or matthew yeah so all of those people are good like if you've made yeah. the semifinals you won your first game or or you won your you know, second like one or whatever Caleb won, yeah. um one two in a row so yeah i'm not letting it fly at that table but if it's the opening <laughs> table i do it like 100 times out of 100 and i don't think it's uh i don't think it's bad yeah, yeah, at the very there, least. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Obi, go ahead. There, there was high variability at the tournament, which I don't know if I expected it or didn't. Um, I didn't think about it that much, but it felt like um, my first game was fairly experienced. I played against um, Cole. I think his, uh, his Discord name is Cole J. So oh, he yeah. Knows Root, he knows Root pretty well. And then I played against um, someone named, I think his name is Love Shard. I think he's done streams with oh, yeah. Eric before. Yeah, that's Pat. Yeah. Yeah, I never played with him before, but 
also very experienced. So I, I was yep. first pick. I'm like, oh, I'll take the moles. Maybe I'll pull a fast one over these people. I don't know. I haven't played with them before. Right. And, oh, nope. That didn't and, happen. <laughs> and oh, man. Yeah, I got hit every turn. And then I'm also just not the strongest moles player. So like just the analysis paralysis sets in. I'm having like a panic attack, like in the mid game. Like, what do oh, I do? Boy. Do I do, I do a do tunnel? I, yeah. Do I move? And then do I battle? Do I battle? And then I move at a twice. <laughs> and so oh, I yeah. could figure it out. I ended up at like 17, 18 points. So it wasn't a good game. But then um, I walked still good for moles, but yeah, maybe, maybe. But I walked over and I saw a U squid and I saw Apple and then I met uh, Nebuchadnezzar, though I didn't, yep. <laughs> he was kind of hiding his identity. Yeah. And you guys are all like super casual, like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we won. It was no big deal. Like, oh yeah, it's easy. Like, we're, we're good. And I'm, I'm like, wearing the hats. You like... guys are all wearing these stupid ass crowns from like Burger King. And yep. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm just shit at root. Like, I guess, oh, if you, no. I guess all these people are just way more experienced, which you are, to be fair. But you guys are just way better, way more experienced, and you just kind of waltz in and just easily win a five-player game. Oh, and uh, so I was, I was glad I was able to prove myself because after that game, I'm like, oh man. Like, yeah. But yeah, there was I w- a- yeah, I would just say quickly that in my second game, <laughs> I sat down, I did a, a more what I'm more comfortable with, which is like a traditional God of War, uh, yeah. eerie. And um, and I don't know if we should use too much jargon or lingo in case people listening to this aren't familiar with Root that yeah, much. Yeah. Oh, we'll get but, to the uh, nitty gritty soon. We'll get yeah. to the nitty gritty. But I, I, yeah, it became very obvious that, oh, they actually don't know how to stop this. And it kind of just became a snowball that could not be stopped. And I realized oh, some beautiful. people had only played with their son or daughter before and had only played yeah. like, yeah, two player games. And so, yeah, lots of variability for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. something that's interesting. Like, I love that this game and this, we can kind of maybe start on it now a little bit. I love that this game provides that, like, I feel like a lot of games that, that provide high strategy, if I want to call it that, I don't know if I want to call it that yet. I haven't decided, but games that have strategic depth to the level that root has, and that requires so much from you to also be able to be appealing to like, I mean, in the last tournament, the TTS tournament um, that Garrick hosted uh, through his Patreon um, way back, I, in my like third or second game, I played against like an 11 year old or something like yeah, the fact it. that, yeah, yeah. The fact that a game can have what it has and also be like accessible to someone who's 10, 11, like, and also us in our like middle age, you know, range, which is obviously a wide <laughs> range, but like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's so amazing. Like i always think of games that sort of appeal to me the most as uh like you know obviously i have to like them and there's a lot of things about them that i have to like and they have to have some strategic depth to them with or without the like simplicity you know like this i mean i have different tastes and stuff but i feel like if like a game that would be like a forever game for me wouldn't be one that would be accessible to a 10 year old i wouldn't think if i thought about it in general right like ooh, i don't know like most of the games i like feel like they're maybe like a 14 and up or a, like a 15 and up kind of game as opposed to like a oh nine-year-olds can play like if I think about it, right? And then I'm like, wait, I don't know though, because like I played against that 11 year old and he like did pretty well. Like, yeah, like, so it's like, damn, this game is provides a lot for a lot of different people. Like, a wide group of people can be interested in something like this, which is amazing. Like, that's such a good boon for it. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, the fact that they've, um, you know, trickled over and started this RPG shows that the theme is very strong for people. And the yes. theme is probably what, what drew me in. Um, oh, yeah. Like, I, I think I rem- always remember what uh, Sam DeRose, Murder, She Root, said on the podcast, mm-hmm. which is, like, he basically saw the box, and he's like, I want to play any game that looks like that. Like, I just want, like, Kyle yes. Ferenc, sorry. 
draws you yes. in. It's an amazing world. I'm probably channeling some like childhood red wall vibes, which was like the first novel series I ever read. Oh, there you go. And it's just like, it just looks so charming. And it doesn't really matter what the game is. I just want to play uh, that game. And then obviously, the more you play it, you realize the mechanics support that uh, really right. rich theme. And yep. just feeling like you're in this immersive world where there's lots going on and and um, the asymmetry. But yeah, I think that's what that's what draws a lot of people in. So yeah, even, uh, even younger uh, kids can play. Even people who are losing can probably still have a fun time just because they're leaning into worshiping the lizard god or they're on a quest yeah, to uh, yeah. fix a shed, right? So yeah. <laughs> um, having fun even when you're losing, that's a pretty pretty cool thing about the game. It's pretty important too. Like, So when I first saw the game, what interested me, like what brought me to it uh, was its asymmetry, which we'll talk about, uh, and specifically the Vagabond, which is hilarious now because now I fucking hate the Vagabond. Right? <laughs> but like when I started playing, I was like, wait, this is a on the board game, which I mean, I think what I mean by that is like, it's not D&D, like it's not an RPG where you're like taking on the role of a squirrel who's like also got a wife and kids at home and like is trying to, you know, I don't know, fight the evil, like there's none of that, right? Like it's not a, you know, roll the dice and like, here's the monster and like decide where to go kind of thing with it, even though the, the theme is rich enough to support an RPG, but it's an on the board game. like there's meeples and like there's dice and you're scoring points. Like it's, you know, it's, I don't know, standard. I don't know what I want. I don't even know what that means exactly, but I think, I think you guys get it. Um, and yet, despite that, you can be not, not an army because this is a war game army, right? You're a single dude <laughs> and there's the different ones and you like move around and like complete quests and do shit. Like you were saying, right? Like, I'm like, wait, that's an RPG character faction built into a game that has other factions that do other shit. I was like, what is like, I, I was like, I need to see what that even is. Cause like that blew my mind completely when I found out about it. Uh, and I was like, I have to get it. Like, even if the game sucks, the art is good. And this mechanically is so fascinating to me that I need to have it just as like a, um, I don't know if a reference point is what I want to say, but like a, like a litmus test for other games, like how creative and how like, magically mechanical and like functional and thematic can a game be is if it relates to like this thing because it just drew me in so much and then of course now that i'm i've been playing for four years or however long now i'm like oh fuck the vagabond like i want to pull the vagabond out of the draft you know because like it sucks <laughs> which is so it's just uh, ironic and silly um but yeah like that's what drew me in like hardcore right um yeah. and i feel like decoy you've talked about theme and rpg type stuff a lot like nemesis is one of your favorite games you on betrayal you were like this is the thing that kind of draws me in is that what drew you to it as well back in the day yes it was 100 percent the artwork three for so, three yeah see okay <laughs> yeah so so my my short story about how i got into this was from the podcast jc who's on for dominion uh mm -hmm. way back when that epic and katan and a few others yeah yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes so he said hey check out this game and it wasn't actually root it was like i think the early concept art for the root rpg oh okay because that was like in its developing stages like years and years ago yeah. so the first thing that we saw was that not actual root the board game so he was like we should play this sometime look at the artwork the artwork's amazing i was like yes agree hard agree yes and then he was like oh it's not out yet but it's going to be out soon tm and we're actually playing it right now it's taken this long for the hell yeah, RPG yeah. To come out so years later yeah campaign, <laughs> we finally gotten around to playing it and it's pretty hell good. yeah uh, so far, uh, like it a lot. And then he said, "Oh, there's a board game associated with this too. Uh, it's made by a game company I've never heard of, and the art's the same. You want to check it out?" And I said, "Yes, 
Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then he bought it and we played it in person and we played one V one and we are exactly the people who showed up at RootCon with their only experience with the game is playing one-on-one -on -one with a friend or, uh, yeah, exactly. Friend. Yep. Cause they did the, and, they had a similar experience probably. Right. Yep. Yeah. So like I went over his place, we played root a couple times. He, he rocked me, uh, cause we didn't know what we were doing. got all the rules wrong. <laughs> of course. Uh, There's a lot of rules. Correctly. It doesn't really play well two player anyway, but you know, it was interesting and way different than anything else we had ever like played in, in board game world. Right. And at that point, both of us hadn't really, we hadn't really, really gotten into board games. We had, but not on the level that like all of us are at now. And then the pandemic happened immediately afterwards. And then we didn't get to play <laughs> in person right. for a while, but that's how we found TTS. And that's how we found, uh, with the warriors back, before it was even um, operated by Leader Games. Y'all remember that? Yes. Yeah, I remember the whole thing where it was a, a different server and then they did a handover and they put the LG on the uh, yep. on the Discord icon. And was, I joined the server. Was Garrick, was Garrick there the whole yeah. time? Before and after? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's been there from the beginning, I think. Okay. And... Like most of the other servers that I joined, I joined and then I didn't say anything for like a year and a half and I started getting, you know, <laughs> picking right. up look for, looking for game and it was a lot of fun. And I met y'all. That's great. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's, dude, this, this game is special. Like it, it has this, I, I feel like I've heard this tale many times and people who are root people who listen to the show and just root people who don't and who in general, like I feel like the, all the root people I've talked to are all super friendly and have a similar origin story with this game. Um, so if you haven't ever heard of this game and you're interested, it's probably worth at least looking at and like exploring a bit like online, there's all kinds of resources and the art is online and you can see the, like, you can watch videos. I mean, there's root content that you can watch and like listen to and stuff to see if it's something that is interesting to you because it is a cornucopia of fun and of like, excitement and of drama and of strategy. And just like, it's just everything that I feel like a person this is from like this is in my opinion, right? I, I feel like everything a person could want in a board game experience, this game provides all of it more than any other. Like I feel like a lot of games specialize or something. It's like this game's really great at this specific experience. Like you know, to use Nemesis, a show we talk, a show, a uh, game we talk about a lot. It's like really great at the thematic, like pulling you into like you know the story of the game, right? Um, maybe more so than any other one I've ever seen individually. But like. The mechanics of it I don't like as much as a game like Root, just personally, right? Everybody has a different perspective. Um, but like Root, I feel like it, every single thing that I'm looking for in a game like setting, it has all of them and it has all, and it does all of them like max volume, like the best. And I'm like, it's like, damn, like, like at any given moment, any other thing just draws me to it. I'm just like, oh damn, this is sweet. I fucking love this game. Like, I feel like every time I play Root, I'm just like, damn, I fucking love this game. Like I have that thought, you know what I mean? Every time it's just like, this is so... <laughs> You even said it in the finals. You're like, man, this is a really good game, hey guys. <laughs> I think you said it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it, it, it strikes me like something different about each game I play strikes me like that. And it's just like, yeah. Yeah. It keeps like, I'm never going to retire. Speaking to Decoy's retirement uh, point, you know, like, I'm. <laughs> Yeah.
yeah, it, it is amazing and endlessly surprising and, and the gift that keeps on giving. But it is funny, I would say that despite my love and despite your your beautiful heartfelt speech about it, and I, which I would agree with completely, my <laughs> friends all mostly just bounce off this game. And there's a lot of people who don't like Root do. or actually actively don't like their ex- first few experiences of Root. Yeah. I would say if only they could push through, they might find uh, the magic on the other side. But, you know, Indeed. you got to you got to give people their their preferences. Some people just bounce off it and, and yeah. or like decoy takes a break. I mean, it's interesting how uh, divisive it is. Right? I wonder if it's specifically the asymmetry and how just how asymmetric the game is, is that makes the highs so high and the lows so low. Because like Vast, for example, a game we haven't covered that I'm interested in playing and eventually like, you know, seeing what it's all about is like, you know, asymmetry to 100. Um, but then like this one, it's like they kind of took, you know, like any any creator, any designer, any artist, whatever, they like learn from their previous experience, you know, make something better the next time and kind of evolve from it, right? Um, and Root is, you know, after Vast and it has a lot of asymmetry built into it. And I'm, I wonder if you guys would agree with this the fact that it's like such a complicated game and so asymmetric it's like people recognize it when they first start to play it and they're like oh my god like this is too much like it immediately kind of just like you know the level goes up to 10 like really quick in their head and they're just like whoa this is a lot like i want something easier and then they leave do you think that's what it is or do you think it's something else yeah i I think like anything that has has a learning curve like like I, I took somebody to play disc golf, which is a sport I liked to play the other day. And he's yeah. like, yeah, like he didn't do it very well. He's like, yeah, I liked it. But, you know, to get good at that, I'd have to go like, you know, all the time for three or four more times before I felt like I was actually being competent. And he's just like, I'm just too busy. I'm not willing to do that. So I think yeah. a lot of people quickly see playing root that, okay, I see there's a lot going on here. There's like already all these expansions and 10 factions. I'm going to have to play a lot before I'm even like really grasping the basic strategy. Right. Uh, and that's true and so some people are just saying that's just not where i'm at with my life and my time and my interest um i think also modern games have maybe ruined us in in their like emphasis on like being friendly to the first play um we want right. to get you kickstarter like you paid money for this you better enjoy it right off right out of the box right um, whereas roots not interested in that right cole really has no. explicitly said we're not going to make a fun game. We're going to make a really good game. And good it game. Might, it might hurt. Yeah. It might. It might make you mad sometimes, and it does. Um, but yeah. that doesn't mean it's a. That's actually a mark of success in in my mind. But it is kind of counterintuitive to how a lot of people approach games. I think. So, how many games does it take both of you guys to feel competent at root? Oh not God! Good, just like competent. Um, that is a great question. I think I thought I was competent before I actually was, and then you play with some. But yes, uh, that that right there also for me. I, <laughs> for sure, I, it's not that much. Like I think after three or four games, you're like, oh, I I get the rules, and there's some factions I haven't really explored, but I would be able to pick them up. And I think competence probably like three games, maybe. I don't know. Oh God, I so I define competence um, as like I know what I'm doing. I have a general yeah. idea of what I'm doing with this faction, and I also know the other three factions at the table and what they're generally doing. Okay, that's a higher bar, yeah. <laughs> yes, so so you know what I mean? Because like I can learn how to play like you know cats, and it's like mechanically, sure, like play stuff on board, make sure you have more than other person, score points underneath the thing you placed, try and get to thirty points. Like yeah, I can explain that to anyone. And they're like, that makes sense. You're trying to get to thirty points, and you do that by placing the buildings down. Like that's easy, but like understanding that and how to do it and what's 
like tactically maybe good and also the other factions and what they're also trying to do that's tactically good it, it for me that took like at least like 50 games i would say because you got to play like i don't know what four with each faction because like every time you play a game and there's a new one you're like well i'm learning what they're doing and like i have no clue you know like you know what i mean and there's yeah. 10 different ones it's like you can only play so many games and like so many different combinations like you know what i mean so yeah i'd say instead of maybe game volume i would say it took me like six months in terms of like yeah, like yeah. time time with it as opposed to like volume of games you know a, a long time longer than probably most games i would say yeah so I'm, I'm right there with you it took me about that long to feel competent feeling like i know what i'm doing and i feel good playing the game and not lost playing the game yeah exactly. and I'm generally, I brought this up before on, and I forget what episode, but I'm generally pretty good at figuring out how long it's going to take me to feel competent at the board game I'm playing. This is probably yeah. Arc Nova because it would have taken yeah. me roughly like not, not that many games, but so many games that I wouldn't want to spend that amount of time to, to go back to Caleb's point about where I was with that board game. And that's not what I wanted to do. So it wasn't worth it for me to play that game anymore. It right. was worth it to, for Root, and I could see that on the front end. But that's just me. There's going to yeah, be a lot of Yeah, you knew that it was going to take like, a while. Yeah, yeah, like 50 games. Like, I was looking at this, and like, there's so many factions, and I'm probably going to need to play them each a four or times. five or six times. <laughs> right. And then, like, on top of that, there's going to be combinations of factions that are going to work better together and work worse together. And yep. you're going to, like, every, every different combination is going to be different, and you're hardly ever going to play the same game twice. Yep. You, yeah, I don't think it's yeah, even yeah. possible to ever play the same game twice now. Yeah, like, like it was before, can, but with ad set now, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could put them in buckets and you can have games that you're like, okay, you have Eerie. Eerie went despot against Woodland, which means Eerie's racing Woodland and Lizards are going to be too slow. Yeah. Yep. So like you can, that's like a, that, that's like a set piece. And a lot of games look like that where you say there's these two factions and they're going to dictate what the game is going to look like. But on, yeah. Like within that, like all those games are going to be a little bit different, but they'll kind of follow oh, the yeah. same pattern. Like I could see that from like very early on in playing, not like immediately, but after about 10 games, I'm like, this game is like so, so, so deep that yeah. you can see why people would just like maybe glimpse this and just quit it. And they're never going to reach the top of that mountain, even if they studied that game yeah. for you know, decades. Maybe the journey is yeah. worth it, but maybe not. And for a lot of people, the answer is no for both of these games it was yes for me but i totally get why people, people might would say, say no yeah yeah that's too much because it's a lot and if if the and i had never played war games before this is my first war game basically if yeah, yeah. Modern, modern war mm -hmm. games this is, a, this is my first war game and i didn't know that i liked the genre and i still think i kind of don't <laughs> oh it's interesting no wonder you yeah. keep retiring <laughs> yeah I'm like, I play this game and it's really, really cool. And there's neat little, there's neat stuff everywhere. The card art's great. Mm -hmm. And I play with a good community. But I don't think I actually like the game mechanics ah, as yeah, yeah. much as other people do. And that's, yeah. I think, why I keep retiring. Yeah. Uh, and then there's some people who just like strategy. No. Like, I sat down to play this really cute, friendly looking game. And this game's actually really mean. And I don't want to play this game anymore. Oh, yeah. It's so misleading that way. Yeah, yeah, this game lies. It looks it's really very nice mean. And it looks really cute. Cute game, actually, really mean, and yeah. that turns a lot of people yeah. off. Yeah, I I find that I find that tension or that like uh, 
that oppositeness of it so charming but yeah it, it definitely lies to you at first blush uh, i was gonna say with the high bar of competence that you guys are giving like i'm still not competent then because like i have not played, <laughs> i have not played a lot of with especially badgers and um rats with the newest expansion the marauders right. and i still am not that good at looking at a flop and like seeing like oh this is this is the matchup this is who's this is who's gonna probably end up ahead um like after i lost with moles i'm just like okay i'm just gonna stick to the base uh the base game the stuff you know actions, yeah. stuff i know and just stay in my wheelhouse so yeah i mean it's a pretty high bar for competence um i could see why anybody would be intimidated <laughs> intimidated by that yeah, for sure yeah this, that's this is brought up a really funny conversation that i was having with a few people who i don't remember who they are it's probably jc whenever I, yeah. whenever i'm talking to someone i don't know who I remember who was usually it's jc yeah whoever it was we were saying who are you afraid of in the tournament in the winter tournament oh, yeah. or in whatever tournament you're playing in mm-hmm. and we compared lists and our list of people who we were afraid to play against or like wary of playing against worried about playing against was completely different oh. that person had like three people and i had three people and they were six different people. That's amazing. Yeah, which goes to show, and we were worried about different things. And it goes to show that, like, even even though people have been playing this game for years now, there don't seem to be a lot of like fully complete players. Like, who who in the community are you guys afraid of playing against? Like, I can uh... I can name the people I'm afraid of playing against. And all these people are listening to the show too. So yeah. now you'll have one up. Well, like, I was uh... I was bloody intimidated playing against marcus in my semifinals because marcus yeah. the cat because he's written the strategy guides that i'm like trying to stumble my way yeah, through actually in the do. tournament yep and, and then obviously in the finals i'm playing against squid who like taught me a lot about how to play moles and how to oh yeah and early on yeah, i remember those I, days and i know how much like because i'm i'm lurking in the discord i know how much you guys you guys are playing like right. for a while there it was like felt like multiple times a week and yeah and yeah. then nebuchadnezzar same thing making like some of the most popular guides on youtube so and we were I was, all in there together. <laughs> yeah, multiple times I was turning to Marcus, turning to Squid, turning to them. I'm like, so what do we do in this situation? Like, how do we stop this? And then, yeah. like, I was definitely intimidated from there. Yeah. But that's see, like, I I saw that as you like that's a I saw that as a great table talk move by you though. I was like, oh, sure. like false, he's false humility. Yeah. Yeah, like he's he's being <laughs> he's like, what should we do? Because like I'm open to suggestions because you were the commanding police force in in the the game i was in with you at least and so like when you were doing that i was like oh this is so smart and i remember and this is we're going off topic a little bit but i remember in that game around like 18 points i was like birds are gonna win like i remember having that feeling in my gut because of the way you were playing and the way you were talking to everyone and like so if you were in like if that was you being like oh shit like it came across as like a tactical strategic move which is amazing that that yeah that you could do both because i was like dude that well done like He's like, what should we all do? And like, I'm, I'm open to suggestions and I'll do whatever we think as a group because like this needs to happen. And everybody was yeah. like, yeah, this does need to happen. And then like, you know what I mean? That was, that was good. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it was that it came off that way. <laughs> um, it definitely I think did, it was yeah. it was fairly genuine, especially with the badges. Like we're talking about complexity in this game. I think this game might have jumped its complexity like, oh my God. threshold or how many points it has to spend on complexity with the badges. Yes. Um, I know you were complaining about it. In the oh, middle yeah. of the game, like who would make such a faction? Dude, uh, <laughs> I got to say it faction. to their faces, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, in, he's in the room, but yeah. um, yeah, like I, I, I literally did not know, like, what do you do in the situation to stop the badgers? Because I don't haven't played them enough, and they are uh, like just a, such a complex beast. So yeah, so yeah, I think I don't know if you quite. I don't know if I answered your question. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, I think well, at least for for Opie, I guess it does. I don't think I'm afraid to play anyone. Um, uh, funny, but I will say there are some. So let me let me answer this by going back in time when I was first learning the game and I started to feel competent. There were certain players that like I was like, oh shit, like these people are like big names, if you if you will, right? So, um, and I remember like getting games with them and being like intimidated. I was like, oh shit, like these guys are really good. And uh, so I guess like then I remember feeling that way and being like, Ooh, I'm afraid to play them. Like if I have to win this game or if it's like a competition game, you know, where it's like win in advance, I was like, I don't want to be faced with these guys. Um, and I have a list of people like that, but now like I I'll play anybody. I think like, I'm not, hmm. you know, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll even I'll, like, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not, a, I, I think I don't, I mean, this is going to sound arrogant and I don't mean it that way, but like, I'm pretty confident that like at the beginning of the game, the nerves or whatever from the like this person's really good and and stuff goes away and the game becomes like now i'm playing against moles and badgers and cats and woodland i'm not playing against nev and decoy and opie and marcus or whoever it is you see what i'm saying and i think like that peels away and it becomes like no matter how good you are that that like on any given strategy average like this game right now this moment like we're playing and I think I can win. I'm going to play to win. Like, you know what I mean? Like in that, in that scenario, I'm not afraid of anybody, but like, if it's like, you know, a slug fest of like big names, then like, well, sure. Yeah. Like if it's set up that way, like a, you know, heavyweight bout or something, then sure. I might be a little nervous to play like Cole. Cause he's like designed the fucking game. You know what I mean? But then he says he likes soup kitchen. So maybe I'm not afraid. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like nearly as good as you guys are at this point. He just, because he's, he hasn't he's played like, in ages. Not good yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> Decoy, how about you? Who are you afraid of? So I'm, I I'll play against anybody, but I know I'm in big trouble if I'm playing against a few people. Um, okay, yeah. Probably the name at the top of the list is the one of the people in the community uh, who plays a lot of digital has knocked me out of two different tournaments where I saw he was in the game in a winter tournament last year, mm-hmm. and I said to myself, "Oh no, I'm going to lose, and he's going to win," and that's exactly what happened. I lost. Uh, is it Gregula? Uh, yeah, it was Gregula. Yeah. Why, why did you know it was Gregula? Because yeah. I, I had a similar, because uh, I played him in my first winter tournament semifinal. And me and him uh, have a similar play styles, I think. And we made sure each other didn't win. And we like kind of played similarly. And I could tell he was doing the same thing as me. Like, like we were like above the board, we were talking and we were playing root. But like, I could tell beneath the board when he was thinking about what he was doing, the moves he was making, I was like, oh shit, he's doing exactly what I would do to make sure that he doesn't lose to somebody like me and what I'm doing. And I was doing the same thing to him. And I like, it was like, Oh fuck, like I'm not going to beat him. And he didn't, neither of us won. We like got, we knocked each other out because of it. Yeah, you know we what I mean? Cancel each other out. We, yeah. We like, and somebody else ended up winning it, you know? Um, well, I mean, they deserve to win. They played well too, but you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah, that's just people who I, people who I'm like, Oh, they're playing like me. I would probably be like, Oh fuck. Cause like, I can't beat myself. Like, like I know all my own tricks. Like I can't do it. You know what I mean? Or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, the whole the whole grander point, you say uh, is at the top of, of that list, yeah. and all the other people who I might be afraid of playing or, like, dread playing don't really play group very much anymore. And that uh... brings me to my final point that, essentially, I think there's no complete players. So everyone has holes in their games, and that hole for some people is just that they don't play very much anymore. There's some very, very uh... good players out there who have just mm-hmm. moved on to different games and don't play root much. And they pop, yeah. pop up from time to time, but you can tell that they're kind of rusty. And yeah. sometimes that's still really, really good. Like, right. <laughs> they're still like winning because they're just really good at games. Right. Um, 
like name that that comes to the forefront is Aqua, uh, yep. Aquaman. Boss. Oh yeah, he always doesn't really always play winning. Root. Yeah, but every time he shows up for anything, he just wins. Yep. So yes, he does. Yep. Yeah, that's that's just like you, you can just count on Aqua to always perform very very well. He's like he first or second. Game. It feels like like every time. Yeah, every yeah. single time. Yep. The the game that JC played in the last winter tournament where he sandboxed it to lose, Aqua yep. ended up winning that game. Because of course he did. Of course, of course he was yeah. first in line. Because that's what he's always happened. he's always around about to win, it feels like. Yeah. He's like, oh okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take this win. <laughs> yeah. But like it, there was like there was something that he did that was like an actual mistake and he, he worked around it because he's very good yep. that he probably wouldn't have made if he was playing like regularly. So even the people who are like very, very good still make mistakes and are still beatable. A lot of the time, that's People, like he was a sandbox like away from from losing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for anybody who's scared of all the really really good root players, everyone's beatable. Don't be. All of us yeah. are beatable. Yep. I want to, for a brief moment, describe what this game is, and then uh, I have a question for you all. Um. So uh, I think there's sort of three sections uh, if that I want to talk about, um, kind of in brief overview terms. So if you've never heard of root before, you've never played it like we do on the show, um, there's sort of three, I think, sort of main games, if you will, that you're sort of juggling as you're playing Root, which if that sounds complex, well, like we've said, it, it is, you know, it's up there. This game very hard. Yeah, this game's tough. Um, so there's a sort of like mechanical game that I'm going to mention. There's a social game I'm going to mention. And then there's a like a puzzle sort of like Euro puzzle style game uh, that I want to talk about. Um, and there's probably more than just that, but that's kind of the three like umbrellas that I've labeled anyway. Um, so mechanically, what you're doing is you've got uh, an army, you've got pieces, and you've got your own individual faction board. Um, so you're a different faction, and you're interacting with the big board, uh, like the big war board. And there's 12 clearings, and you're moving warriors around to try and score points and like dominate the woodland, quote unquote, right? Um, and there's different wind conditions. Uh, like you can also go for a different type of wind and just scoring 30 points. Um, but uh, ultimately, it's you and one, two, four or five, however many you're trying to play, other players all try and do the same thing uh, within the confines of like the 30 page rule book that is root law uh, that allows you to like, you know, manage what you can specifically do and how you can score points. And the asymmetry of this game that I think draws a lot of people to it and potentially pushes some people away is that like you can play cats, for example, one of the factions uh, and they're, what they're doing is not the same as what anyone else is doing. The way they score, like, what they're trying to do, the the type of game they're playing, like they're playing like a sort of area control board position buildings game. But, you know, the Eerie, they are not doing that. They're trying to kill as much as they can and like, you know, kind of wipe out everyone else's army shit as much as they can, right? Same as every other faction, right? Like we said, the Vagabond, the one that drew me to the game, he's just fucking around, like going around and like fixing sheds and shit, right? Um, and of course, like battling everyone into submission. Uh, so yeah, like every body has sort of their own unique mechanical way that they're interacting with the big map that they're playing on. That's just one of many things you have to do in this game. Um, the puzzle game I want to talk about next, uh, and that is the uh, single player board that you have access to. So each, each faction has like their own way that they score points. And I kind of like to think of the individual faction boards as a sort of mini Euro in a way within the bigger game, right? So like cats, you're trying to sort of like figure out which buildings to place when from the board to get access to different stuff and like how and how to optimize the actions that you have access to so you have the most and so that you use them the most optimally birds doing the same thing woodlands doing the same thing maybe even more so um lizards doing the same thing pretty much everybody has like a 
different, unique, individual, asymmetric puzzle that they're playing on their faction board that they're then applying to the map. And since everyone is doing that, you sort of have this situation sometimes where you're like, the puzzle that I'm playing only lets me do X. And on the board, I need to do X and Y and Z. And that leads me to the social game. So what you have to do then is be like, hey, we, and this is what Caleb did so well in the final, uh, in the root con tournament, we kind of need to stop badgers. That was me. I had like 24 points and everyone else had like 12. So how do we do that? Because I can't do it all by myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, cause like I have a limit to what I can functionally do on impact, how I can impact the board. So the other players at the table all have what they can bring to the table that they can then do to interact with me to try and slow me down or, or whatever. Right. And that's the social game, right? Like how can I, not manipulate, I don't think that's the word I want to use. And I want to ask, come back to what word I want to use there, maybe later. But how can I interact with the other players in the magic circle to get them to buy into something that's going to allow each of us who are doing this a chance to win, right? And the best root games, people always say, are when everyone's about to win, right? Like, like we said, like if you have a chance to win, that's ideal because then people are actually playing to win as opposed to some other thing like, well, I can't win, so fuck it. I'll just kill whoever's hurt me the most or whatever. And you have to sort of manage all three of those. And there's probably more stuff too. That's like, you know, I mean, there's, there's a ton more, but we can't talk about everything in one episode, right. Um, that you're sort of trying to manage all at the same time. And everyone's trying to do that all at the same time. And it's like, I don't know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's overwhelming when you first learn yeah. the game, but once yeah, you get so there, cool. it's like really, really, really sweet. Like once you've started to read the board, quote unquote, it's really, really sweet. Yeah. Um, there's, there's yeah. something really satisfying when it when it does start to click. It's it's yes. it gets better the deeper you go. Um, yeah, it's just great. Yeah, great, I, my question was for this, like to, to segue from this. I think is uh, reading the board. Um, when I say that, I, I mean I kind of have an idea of what I mean. I'm curious what you guys like because I think that's a term that probably most people who play board games would know or like would understand. Um, so maybe like either how long did it take you to get to the point where you could read the board in a root game or like, like, is that something that you look for in other games? Like, cause I feel like this game really has a, can you read the board? When I say the board, I mean like the map and like, then know what to do and how to get what you need to happen done. Even if you can't do it yourself, I feel like that is amazing in this game. And also like, I don't really know that there's other games where that even exists. So I'm curious if y'all have a similar experience or like just what that, you know, all entails, I guess. Yeah. Well, I just quickly remembered what I was going to say uh, earlier, which is that you, one part of that whole mixture of trying to navigate all those different layers that you nicely laid out is that you never feel like you can do all of it. Like you always, the game is right. really, uh, it's mean, like you, because you're taking away your opponent's pieces, but it's also mean and just like you always feel like you're coming up short of what you would love to do. And like, yep. oh, if I craft this, then I can't. I can't recruit there. And right. so it's very, it's just every decision is very crunchy and very um, significant. Like every, every card laid or drawn has like far reaching effects, which is part of its, part of its deep strategy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Touche. Um, in terms of reading the board again, I still feel, don't feel like I, I'm great at it. I, I, <laughs> I think asynchronously, you know, I, I zoom out the map all the way. And so I'm, I think that's helped me a lot is playing on the digital app and just like seeing the whole, thing at once with a few less distractions stripped away that you have when you play a, an in-person game or a TTS game. Um, I think playing the Eerie Dynasty has helped me read the board a lot better because 
they're often all over the map and moving and battling and building all in different parts of the map. So they're interacting with a lot of different factions. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure exactly how long it took me. It's a, uh, it's, it's still, I, I think it's ongoing. There's yeah, an argument that been... made that it's always ongoing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always, it's always new threat assessment and yeah. Yeah. Dico, what do you think? Yeah. There's, there's many pieces to what reading the board is. And yes. we've just been playing even something like the, the two other games that I play a lot of right now, Mahjong, which we just mm-hmm. are going to talk about really, really soon. Yep. That's coming um, up next week. <laughs> yep, that one is going to be like the board state is there and it changes constantly. Every yep. every play changes the tenor of the board state. Um, and then even something like to a much lesser degree, Tokaido. Mm-hmm. Tokaido, the board state changes every time someone moves, and what you're allowed to do will change a lot between turns. Right. So those are two games that I I'm really into that have board states and root just like that. Um, Roots is really interesting in a way that you don't always find in a lot of other games because I think there's a few different pieces to reading a board state. One is what the board position is and what all the other factions are capable of doing. Not like right now on their next turn and then also into the future. And planning is required for all of that. Like a lot of other games, the better you are at seeing into the future, the better at the game you will be. What is the faction capable of doing? What is their win condition? Yep. What can they do with the set of tools they have available to them right now? Times however many players you're playing against. Plus right. yourself. What what can you do? Right. <laughs> this game is so hard. I, I still don't feel great about doing this, specifically because I haven't I've played against Badgers a lot, because a lot of people were playing Badgers right. when they first came out. To the point where I couldn't play them because I could never pick them in a draft. Right, right, right. And that's why I don't have actually a lot of reps on Badgers. Oh, shit. Also, okay. I'm scared of them because... Because yeah, they're the hard- most complicated thing that yeah. they've ever made. Yep, for sure. And n- another hot take, they're one of my favorite factions now, for reasons I'll cover later. Hey, uh, yep. Remind me. But yeah, yeah. For now, yeah. So there's all that stuff. There's that that component to it. What, what can your opponent do, given... Opponents do now and later, given the tools that they have available to them. And then there's also the board state of your opponent's Yes. What are they actually going to do? And that could be different from what they can do. Who are you playing against? Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own play style. Are they mm-hmm. more likely to turtle? Are they more likely to just go for it? Are they more likely to get mad and punish someone for perceived <laughs> slight, even right. if that's not actually a good play? Yeah. Yep. So I'm still not very good at that. Like, I. I feel I lost our semifinal game in no small part to that happening and me not being able to do anything about it. Ah, uh, yep. When you plotted on Thuy, yep. I knew this about Thuy. Thuy takes things personally sometimes. Yeah, when yeah. Playing Root. Yeah. Uh, he, he will just go revenge. Like, if, if you mess with him, he'll mess with you back, even if that's, that's not I mean, great for his game. But that's still, like, if you know that about him, less likely yeah. to mess with them, I would argue, right? So, I mean, that's a, that is a strategy. Like, and it works if you know that about them, right? <laughs> yeah, except it's also, this is getting getting into meta layers, right? Like, right. does that mean you shouldn't mess with him? Because he's going to play maybe a little bit vindictively? I don't uh, know. That's a good question. Because <laughs> you, you mess with him. You actually I did. Like messed up my game pretty bad yep. by plotting on him. Because he, yep. he spent his next two turns removing you instead yep. of removing me, which is what I wanted. Anyways... Yep. Yep. <laughs> I was not able to see that. So I read that board state wrong because I didn't consider 
carefully what Thuy would do. If I was thinking right. about that better, I might have played my turn a little bit differently and might have been in a better spot. The people who win often, they've somehow managed to find a way to like balance and teeter on that knife's edge really well. Because you can just very easily just like take a wrong turn and slip and just fall and knife yourself. You know what I mean? Like it's it's so tough. <laughs> yeah, it it's always seems remarkable to me that we can even talk about good players and and there's de they definitely are and you they guys exist, some of them yeah. because you guys all won your first games and we're like right there, and yep. it was all people I knew. So the good being good experienced and good does matter, but yep. it always is remarkable to me because. It's like if any of these people wanted to, they could all just decide for a round, we're just going to attack Squid and he'll be out of the game. Like you could just, we right. could just all do that. But nobody ever, <laughs> ever does that, obviously, because there's other incentive structures. But yep, it just yep. always seems improbable that you could be good at like a four or five person game. But somehow. where there's so much ability for players to interact with you and fuck you up. Yeah. Not like a, like a brass, which has it, but like Arc Nova, for example, there's no yeah. interaction. And so that, like, you know. that, that does happen. I mean, people who are famous, like I know, um, uh, Sam, who does some early, did some strategy videos early on for Root, he mm -hmm. said he would go into games and people just target him, and suddenly he's not having any fun because like there's no chance because he's just getting hit free. by everyone every turn because they know yeah. he's good, right? Yeah. So that is a possibility, but luckily when everybody's uh, intent on winning, they know that they have to advance their own game plan as opposed to just bashing the leader. And the best way to win is to have someone else in the game who is willing to do something that slows down someone you also need to slow down because oh, then yeah. you don't have to do it, all of it yourself. And like oh, that, yeah. the meta of that shit right there is like the social game in a nutshell. So if, so if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh man, I love games where I like interact with people and like war, war games where you're just like moving pieces and rolling dice to battle and remove stuff. Like, yeah, that's a war game. But like this game doesn't just have that. It also has like, I need opie to lose access to three clearings and if i'm the only one who's going to benefit from that happening then i'm the only one who is going to do it because the other players are going to be like fuck you bro like i have no chance why would i help you like do it yourself and if yeah. everyone has a chance and y'all can make a plan that means you can do a third of the work which means you are getting what you want and you don't have to do all of it. And that's way more beneficial to you. Right. And the lovely part of it is at the end of the game, there's sort of like three sections, right? There's like the sort of early game. Uh, and with ad set, it's a lot different now, but it used to be like the first two to three turns are people setting up their engine so that they can fight and figure out who's going to like figure out how to get through that the best. And then the mid game is the fighting. And then the end game is who comes out from the fight on top. Yeah. Depending on the faction mix, it's any number of factions and players and there's a lot of shit that can happen. Right. And there's some randomness, like card draw and dice and stuff too. So it's not all just like optimization. Like there's, you know, some luck that will happen in any game with randomness, right? But yeah. like the end game though, especially now, seems more of, especially in a, a, an experience table. So if you're listening to this and thinking like, this sounds like something that my group could do and like, this is fun, then this has it, right? Because the last game I played, I'll use it as an example. The most recent game I played, I was Otters. I had 26 funds total in my in, in my <laughs> inbox, which is fucking insane. If you know this game at all and you know Otters, that's, that's insane. 26. Well, I had 21 and I had just recruited five on my previous turn. And then I didn't do anything else with them. Like they just sat there because I was trying to win and I didn't win. So if I hadn't recruited those, it would have been 26. So 21, if you want to think of it technically, but it's still an inordinate amount of funds. And I couldn't win. I couldn't score three points. I needed three points yeah. and I couldn't score three points and I couldn't win, right? And what, what this game has in it, it's so amazing, is that all of the players know, especially in the experience table, know how each faction in that game is going to get their points. And every single faction, and this happened in Decoy and I's semifinal game, 
knows, okay, well, you're going to get your three points from me doing this. And I need to do this to set up a win, but I don't have to do it right now. And I'm going to purposely hold myself back. And so are the other people at the table so that we can keep them behind and slow enough to where we can set up our burst. And everybody does that. And it's like the game can suddenly get into this lovely little puzzle of the social aspect of the game where it's like, we're all trying to make sure that no one gets to 30 except me and everyone's doing it together at the same time. And it is so like, oh, it's so good, it's dude. It's, it's so it's juicy. It's the one, some of the juiciest great. board game experience I've ever had in my life. Well, yeah, me too. Uh, just just to temper uh, temper our, our praise, uh, it does remind me of the, also given all the player interaction, the problem of the the runaway loser. If you've heard it described that way, which kind of yep. happened in our final game where somebody cannot win. But obviously, in a game like Root, they have an inordinate effect on the board, or they could have a big effect on how yep. the next turns play out. So yep. they are in a position where they probably can't do nothing. They could just pass their turn, but that also feels like a choice. And they basically right. are deciding who wins that game, which is exactly what happened in our game. So how do you guys feel yep. about that dynamic? I mean, I know Cole leans into it. In fact, he likes it so much, he basically made a game about that uh, yep. mechanic, which is Oath, which yep. is all about like, team-making. <laughs> we all have like, to decide who's going to win. Yep, let's yeah. make whoever we want and, for and next so game. Yep. I think that's kind of fun. And again, it does balance it out. Some people might like it if they're not winning. At least I have a, I've had a big impact. People felt my presence at the board. I wasn't just sitting in the shadows feeling bad about myself. Like I actually, people, people needed me. They talked to me about what I should do. And so that's cool, but it can feel kind of, yeah, I don't know. Some people hate that, right? They just hate, hate, hate the king making aspect. So I wondered what you guys thought about that. That's a great question. Yeah. To answer to that first, cause I have an idea and then Vicky, I'll let you in uh, round it out for us. Um, I think the aspect of like, like when making a player in a game that is like heavily strategic, I could understand players wanting the winner to be the person who quote unquote strategized the best. Hey, yeah. the person who won, they played the best. And in this game, if that is what you're looking for, you're not going to find it. Right. No. This game does not like oftentimes a lot of people play well. And then sometimes the person who won just got lucky. They draw the exact card they needed exactly when they needed it, or they rolled a three Oh, or they ambushed the wrong clearing and they lost and the next person won. And it's like, well, fuck, which kind of happened to me in our semifinal game decoy, right? Like he ambushed the wrong clearing and I ended up winning. And it's like, fuck, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes you just get yeah. lucky. Like, so this game doesn't reward exclusively good play. It also rewards the other things. And I think that's what's so good about it. Like you can't sit down, you can sit down in a chess match and you know, two people fight, one person wins and it's the person who did the best, played the best game like every time, right? And this game has the strategy of a game like chess, like the strategic depth and the strategic nuance and the like the beauty of that is there. But that doesn't mean that that dictates the winner, though. And I love that about this game. And I think that the king making win making side of it is just a nature of like, well, there's not this isn't just chess or this isn't just strategy only like we also are people playing and like creating this story together and in this story, like, like you just said, Caleb, I have an impact on the outcome. Even if I can't win, I can impact it, which means I have some agency on what happens. And if you were just a dick for the whole game, fuck you, I'm going to make sure you don't win. And like, that makes people, I think, who are like, you know, looking for the best experience, it sort of incentivizes everyone to be nice while they're playing, which is well, the war machine has said it before, right? Like it's the nicest mean game ever because like <laughs> if you're always mean and you're always a jackass, then you're not going to win because 
people have agency to stop you. It's like, it's not the yeah. best move to fuck somebody up constantly, right? Like, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so I, I love that part of it. For sure. Yeah. Uh, not Decoy's going to say he hates it. <laughs> All right. First, just the fact that you're able to do that means you can leverage it against people. And I find that really, really interesting and funny. So yep. has anyone here ever said, if you do this, I will make sure you don't win the game? Yeah, yeah because almost, I can't, yeah, I can't win, so I might as well, right? Yeah. Might yeah, as well make so, you not win. If you're going to ruin yeah, my chances I, to win, I, then I'm going to ruin yours. Yep. I will threaten Kingslaying in order yep. to get my way. And that's yep. so interesting. It, that's the, awesome. The interaction between, between players, because your threats are real, you yep. think. Maybe not. Because I know people who will threaten to do that and not actually do it most of the time. Because uh, they can, so, which means that you have to... Like, I yeah. have to I've seen, honor it. <laughs> yeah, there's some people who will do that 100% of the time and you don't cross them. And there's some people who will say that they will do it and then sometimes they won't because a better opportunity comes up mm. and they will break their own word to kingslay you. And but, yep. this is like baked into the game. It just is what it is. It's a feature. Mm. It's not a bug. Yeah. And I have mixed feelings about it because it leads to a lot of feel-bad moments if you take the game personally, which some people do. Right. As long as everybody's staying in the magic circle and everybody's cool and everybody's like, you're all going to be friends at the end. It's great. I yeah. like it a lot. Yeah. It just doesn't always work out that way. And it feels bad a lot of the time when it doesn't. I kind of yeah. wish somehow that didn't feel bad, but that is just a consequence yeah. of, of the way this works. I mean, I wonder if there's some healthy, healthy emotion, self-reflection that can be worked out in those, in those times when you do get over tilted or somebody gets tilted. I don't know. It, it is. But yeah, I agree. I've been in some. I've been in some bad places with Root. Twilight Imperium has a similar dynamic, um, especially when you feel like you're trapped in a game for ten hours and somebody's taking you out of it, and now you're. That's it, tougher because it's, like, oh. it's ten hours. Yep. <laughs> that's it's like, bro, you're fucking my whole afternoon. Like I'm yeah. not even having fun, and it's gonna be six more hours of this. Like that's yeah. different. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> that shit's tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's a feature, not a bug, and I think the like you like Decoy said the feature aspect of it. Like this game has a lot of features that make it really really strong, um, but if you aren't into them you could bounce off pretty hard. And like we said before, right? Like, I don't know necessarily that it's for everyone, but people who are interested in giving it a shot and can handle that, like if your group can handle stuff like that, then this is a lifetime game for you, I think, right? Like so many times we've heard Cole say, like, we're going to make a good game that people want to play and pick up for the rest of their life. Not like a, I bought it, I played it a couple of times. Now it sits on my shelf and we don't play it anymore type game. Like this is one where, it will always work for everyone. Yeah. Um, and that's a, like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. <laughs> so, uh, Deco, you mentioned this before, so I can maybe I want to ask you first. So this is a war strategy game, right? So I think the only other game on our list that counts as a war strategy game is Risk. It, I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking through just to double check. Um, yeah, the only other one that's that has a sort of war strategy vibe in this way that, that 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 reminds me of this is risk so i'm curious because you said this was the first one you'd ever played and maybe risk doesn't count in your head right um oh yeah you're right is risk the like I, I don't know that i've played that many either so i'm curious if there's a game because you guys know games better than me um is there a game that's comparable to this that is in the same genre or is this truly the the unique war game experience uh, for me it is because I have not played a lot of war games. Now you're making me think here. Just like, <laughs> oh, um, sorry. Like, like, like I, I okay. gotta go into the gotta go into the memory into the box vault. here. Yep. Yes, I did. You're right. I did play Stratego, or not Stratego. That's uh, also Risk, another yeah. one. 
Uh, I did play Risk. Uh, I don't know if it's not um, Counselor Tico, but I can understand why. No, you it doesn't. It. It's like thematically similar, but not really. No. Yeah, uh, the mechanics of it aren't very warlike. Yeah. I did play Risk a long time ago, and I think I've completed. I'm gonna you're gonna pull. Someone's gonna fact check me and pull all the episodes <laughs> that I've said this exact phrase in, and the number's gonna be different because I don't really remember. Like yeah. one and a half games of 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 Risk. Yeah, not a ton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so not enough to really understand what was going on, which is why I don't think it. It doesn't like, count. Yeah, functionally counts as me playing a war game. Okay, that makes sense. Maybe, maybe that was like depending on definition. Maybe that was my first war game, and I didn't but like it. it. Like, you that, clearly that bounced off it. Yeah, I was about yeah, to say. Yeah. Like yeah. we we picked it up and played it and put it back down. I tried it one Meh. more time, I think, and then like it didn't didn't click. Right. Yeah. Have I played any other war games? After I don't think I ever have. And I <laughs> really like. I think this is. I don't know that I need to, I think is my, my, my point behind this question for me. And I was wondering about this for y'all too. Like I've, I, so I played risk when I was young, like 15 and on the risk episode, I like talked about this. Right. So if you're interested, that episode is great. I played that and I was like, Oh shit, board games are more than just monopoly. Right. Or, or fill in the blank there for your game. Right. But then like, you know, not really a much existed. And like, I didn't really have a group to play with. And I played the Star Wars trading card game with my brother and we really latched onto that, but it wasn't a war game. And like, I never really ever came back to any war games. Like, I don't know, they just weren't appealing. And this one then has, has like blown my head up in terms of like, like I've latched onto it crazy because of everything we've talked about, right? And like, I, I think in my gut, I'm like, no other war game is going to be like this. That all the other war games are going to be like Risk. Or they're going to remind me if I had to compare them against each other. I was like, all right, fill in the blank, new war game. Let's call it War Game X. If War Game X was in, was brought to me, I would uh, I would approach it. I think assuming it's going to be more like Risk than like Root. So I'm like, well, I already like Root, so I don't need to play this one. It's kind of how I think I am at the moment with them. So I'm like, I'm wondering if that's like a Root thing. Like it's sunk its teeth into me such that i'm not going to play others and that's like a you know maybe i should maybe lots of other games are like this or is this one truly like the unique war game that nothing else is around it so yeah i don't i don't know how i feel yet caleb what do you think well i think it's a testament to root that that its accessibility brought in all of us because i would say similarly i I didn't play a lot of war games before root so it's a testament to the game that it was able to bring us Us in in. and then find such deep enjoyment in this in this genre that basically we had never had encountered and, and right. maybe don't even counter away from it. I think right. I've played maybe a few more war games. Like I, I played games like Init and uh, Innis and Kemet. These are kind of like light war oh, yeah. games. Yeah, I played Innis. Okay. Yeah, these, okay. These that's, like, that's like a war game. These are dudes yeah. on a map kind of game. Any any game with right. dudes on a map, like um um what's the Area control. Game? Area yeah, control style area control map. It has, yeah. It has a bit of that. I mean, it's not like root. If you want something that's like root, then people say a lot that root is like an uh, accessible version of the coin genre, which I've messed oh, okay. around in uh, like three or four times. Those are great historical. They're more like, they're a little bit more towards the historical simulator side, but they have really dry history strategy. Yeah. Um, they just have the complexity ba- uh, budget is like way higher for those games. So you really have to be willing to have somebody learn it and sit down. Um, right, right. So, but I, I like all those games. And I've, I, if I, I feel like if I had an in-person group or I had somebody uh, who was really into coin games? I, I could get into that. Um, but. Interesting. Okay, so maybe I need maybe coin is my next step then. So if you like coin games, listeners, uh, well, root is for you then. It sounds like right because it's like the yeah. stepping stone to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'd have to get okay. Francis back on here to talk about that. We have a lot of people who played 
play coin games. Hey, maybe um, that's why, huh? Yeah, I'm now thinking. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> lots of overlap. You know, I thought about I've just I've thought of another one. I forget yeah. what the the buzzer was. Historical Twilight Struggle is a war. Oh game. yeah. Oh, is that a war game though? But it's more yeah, politics, isn't it? It's more. It feels more political to me than military. Yeah. What kind of game is it if it's not a war game? <laughs> oh I mean, fuck! I don't know. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it on that episode. Because it's a, because of the Cold War, there's not much war going on, but it is still, yeah, it's in the title. Yeah. Of the Cold War. So. It, that's interesting. That we'll let's save that for the Twilight Struggle episode because I'm not yeah. exactly sure. But that one has struck me as well. So maybe that's maybe I would like maybe I should give more war games a shot. But I mean, I just can't get away from like I like Root so much. Why would I? Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess challenge me if you have one that you think I'd like. Because uh, yeah. People say yeah. Falling Sky is a coin game that's pretty uh, accessible, or Cuba, Cuba Libre, I think, is the other one that people say you should start with one of those. Okay, um, I played I played Falling Sky, and and yeah, if you if you can play Root, you can learn and and really enjoy Falling Sky for sure. Okay, nice. All right, interesting. Um, well, hey, uh, a brief history of this game. Let's do the numbers for a brief, brief second, um, because this game is uh, one that potentially has the chance to like strike a lot of like hearts um and a lot of people know it and etc um so uh it's two okay so i guess my first question <laughs> this isn't even i have to ask so i think i need to ask this question first so what do you guys think of when we think of i'm really playing root am i is it tts is it irl is it root digital can it also potentially be single player with bots what do you guys think I mean, I think I need I've, to know this before we talk about the numbers I, on it. <laughs> I've done it all. Like I, I actually played quite a bit of single player versus. Box I've also done it all. Yep. Pandemic. I played it against my friend a couple times when new expansions came out. We wanted to try them one v one. So I do think it's actually important to to maybe not say what is the real route. I mean, the classic yeah. answer is like four player. That's what the kind of tournament play have seen has done. That's kind of what the grinders are doing is four player route. Preferably, right. I would say in person, but. I think what's brilliant and why it has such a broad appeal is it's, the box says one to six and you can play one to six and you might have yep. something to say that's not rude or that's not great, but I think it's important we don't gatekeep too much. Um, I yeah, Different strokes for different folks kind of thing. Heard that. All right. Yeah, Deco, what do you think? Um, what, what was the wording of that question? Uh, <laughs> what is real root? Something real like root. TTS. Something like TTS, something like Root Digital, something like Root IRL, something like one person with bots, or could it all be considered? But like when you think of, I'm really playing Root right now, it's like, a, it's like this is the Root experience I'm looking for. What is that experience? What genre, what style? How do you get to it? Real Root for me is when something happens and I hate my life. That's <laughs> and that experience can happen in any of the formats you just said. That that experience right. can happen playing on TTS in in a live game in um in a solo anywhere like yep. in any of those in any of those formats. Mm -hmm. It doesn't doesn't matter. Like root is root wherever you play it, however you play it. That's a boo. That is so. I I want to harp on that specifically. I think a lot of games and we talk about player count and we talk about the longevity of a game if you have it and like i for example only really i'm interested now in in um, like fine-tuning the collection of games that i'm going to actually purchase to be games that have a, a great theme 
that are fun mechanically to play, that provide an awesome social experience, and that are also good at more than just one player count. Unless something else is just like latched onto me like crazy, a game that is really going to be valuable to me is going to be allowed, to, is going to be great at two, it's going to be great at three, it's going to be great at four. And maybe even it goes up to a fifth player, but that's not as important as like two, three, four, right? And there's, I think this is a potentially hot take. Like, I think the broader community sort of is div divisive with this idea, which is why I wanted to bring it up and have you guys talk about it. Um, like, I've heard many people be like, if you're if anything under four is not even real root. Like if we're like in the theory channel on Woodland War Machine, right? It's like, oh, when we talk about root theory or root strategy, we are assuming a four player game and it's assuming ad set and it's assuming all factions are available for when we, so if I'm like, hey, what's the best way to play the Eerie Dynasties? That question assumes four players, it assumes ENP, it assumes ad set, right? And I yeah. feel like that sort of become the, the like colloquial, like this is what real root is. You have to be playing at these sort of like uh, ideal scenarios. Like it's gotta be enough players to be considered quote unquote real or else the strategy breaks down. It's gotta be considered ad set, like the strategy is too different in another context in order for that to not be part of what you, like you have to mention specifically, I'm playing standard setup in order for the quite like, because the, the answer is going to change, right? Or I'm specifically playing base deck. Okay, well now the answer is going to change. Like, I feel like that's kind of, I like the word you use, Caleb, gate kept a lot. Of, like, I think that's a pretty unique thing. Like, I don't know a lot of other games where I've talked strategy where it's like, well, your strategy is going to be significantly, not just different, fucking significantly different if you're talking about two player versus three player like arc nova your strategy is basically the same brass our number one game right now your strategy is basically the same do you have to do some small adjustments because there's more players so that like there's just more interaction but ultimately what you're doing is going to be pretty similar it's just like you know there's more variety and there's more ways to fuck somebody up but like ultimately the strategy is going to be similar in root that's not fucking the case at all right so like i feel like that's a, a point of contention if that makes sense Maybe yeah. it's not. Maybe I'm crazy, but it feels like it is. Yeah, it depends on who you're talking to. So I think I, I would assume all of us are of the opinion that root is just root, kind of no matter where you play it. A lot of the advice that you'll get mm -hmm. from the strategy guys are geared towards the thing specific... that people play the most, which makes mm -hmm. sense. So a lot of mm -hmm. people play with four, four players, either on digital or on TTS or in person. Mm -hmm. And a lot, like, the majority of the strategy that you, you will see out there works for largely four and five players and kind of breaks down a little bit if you get down to three, because three plays very, very differently, especially if you're adding hirelings. Right. Um, yep. Another component. Players, <laughs> yep. Like bots. bots have a whole, uh, the whole different, entirely, like the game plays completely differently. So it's an entirely different game, essentially. Right. Right. And the, that's more puzzly. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of different stuff going on there. It is all still root to me. Okay. Other people will say like you can you can just go very very far into the very very specific if you want to, and I don't really like that. Like you yeah. could, you could go saying like real root is only competitive root, where you're playing in a uh, environment with competitive people with good people. Some right. people think that that is that is real root. That is the best root, and that is the only root. And if you're uh, not yeah. playing in a format that is doing that or trying to imitate that then it doesn't really count or it doesn't really matter who wins because it's not, not the right way. And I right. really don't like that. Like okay. you, you, we can all just play the game, whatever way we want to play the game. And that's fine. 
Yeah, yeah. And yeah, to those people who say that, not a big fan of that perspective. Okay. Yeah, I think that's that's an interesting take too, because I feel like sometimes in scenarios like that, if like if you go to Woodland War Machine and you start, uh, not Woodland War Machine, if you go to the Woodland Warriors um, theory channel, for example, that's like the only one I ever pay attention to anymore. And you're like, oh, hey, uh, you know, I have this question or whatever. And then people will start to argue maybe like, oh, well, you didn't say it in this context. And like, that's not real root. That's a different thing. So like, that's not even really strategy. That's just sort of like, now you're just playing the game for fun and trying to quote unquote meme as opposed to I'm like trying to do the high strategy part of it, right? Um, and it's interesting too, because like this game wasn't designed as a competitive game, like just as a by the way, oh, like this game not. is was not designed with competition and like this in mind. This is just something that the community was hungry for and now it exists, right? But like Cole has said many times, like this game wasn't designed like this and with this in mind at all. Just, well, you know, just throwing that out there. <laughs> I would say, I would say so, it wasn't designed for like the scale or, or the tournament structure. I think it was designed to be competitive. Like Cole wanted to make a crunchy, strategic, deep game. Oh, sure, sure. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I'll read discourse about like the strategy of it. And it's like, I don't know that it's high horse, but it just feels sometimes like it's like, hey, you know, this is not like chess. Like there's not going to be no. a, you know, book written by some chess grandmaster who's like, this is the strategy and like, yeah, like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like it has that component. So I think people might like kind of latch onto that sometimes. And I just want, and like, I'm with decoy and I think I'm with you, Caleb as well. Like I want to reiterate that while competitive discussion and competitive strategic stuff is possible. And I know a lot about that world, but like when I'm sitting down to play root, like I'm going to have fun pretty much in any context. Now, some of my favorite games are games where they've, there's been high competition because I just like that in games, but that doesn't mean that that's the only real route in my opinion either. I think I'm with you guys on this. Yeah. No. And I don't think I've ever played a game, even a really competitive one where somebody at some point doesn't like lean into their faction and say, Oh, I'm, I know I'm, I'm just doing it. Cause I'm the warlord, right? I got to like, you know, <laughs> beat you into submission or like, I, didn't, I don't want to, this is making me. Yeah. I'm just a war of profiteers. <laughs> Like everybody, and once people start doing voices and getting silly and getting a little, get their personality in there, that's that's what I love about it, right? So yeah, yep. there is a level in which it never actually gets super, or it's it, yeah, I see what you mean. It's never like at some point you got to step back and say like we're playing with like anarchist crows who are playing secret bombs and we're playing guessing games with them. Like it's it is silly. It's a silly. Yeah, game. like that's a pretty crazy. Yeah, like. <laughs> Yeah. So on to to that end, base game is four factions. You can only play four. There's been expansions, as we've talked about. There's ten factions now. You can play all ten if you fucking want. Nobody's gonna stop you. Um, like there's been some weird stuff where like like I played in the rats v rats v rats v rats <laughs> variant game where like there was just four warlords and it was on a, a custom map and like it was fucking great, right? So this world is vibrant enough to where you can just do like IRL obviously you, you have to have 10 copies four copies of the game in order to play four warlord games and you got to color the fucking meeples because they're all the same color but like the tts online side of it allows us some variability and stuff and the i love and this is one question i wanted to ask too so this game is two to four it can go up to six but technically you can kind of make it like your own in a way like and this is one thing i've heard cole um the designer mentioned sometimes too like in some of the interviews I've heard him discuss that like at some point in the design process, I don't remember exactly when it was that he mentioned specifically, but he was like root and any game I think, or anything that you make as an artist and as a creator, like eventually it no longer becomes just yours. Mm -hmm. Eventually it becomes greater than that. And like other people start to personalize it and 
become personally connected to it and make it theirs also to the point now where the root has gotten so big that like, you know, I don't know exactly how he phrased it, but I remember him to the extent having the sentiment of like, root is not even mine really anymore. Now it's like everyone's sort of thing. And like the fact that, I don't know, there's a, there's a lovely community that's grown from this game. And like part of what we've talked about, I think is, is the reason for that. And like, I think that's kind of where my heart is with this sort of like strategic stuff that's a part of it, right? Like that's great. And people want to strategize with a game like this and they can, and that's awesome. And part of the community involves that. But then there's also like, you know, we're going to play community bingo with our discord and we're going to be like, all right, like you got to fucking, you know, craft all three Fox, all three partisan cards and you got to win with dominance. Like, and then you get like bingo and it's like, that shit also is part of root for me too, right? Like that first bingo that we did what, three years ago, like, or however many was like over that winter holiday, right? Like that is just as much of my love of this game than the like, I'm sitting in the final next to Caleb and Nebuchadnezzar trying to like figure out how to win as Badgers. Like both of those are equally root, I think to me. And like, that's awesome too. Like, I don't know any other game where I can say that. So anyway, yeah, so uh, you can play kind of any any style you'd like to, to say that uh, shorter, right? Um, 60 to 90 minutes is a fucking boldface lie um, <laughs> no, on the box. Not that's not possible. Um, I will say, though, in the IRL games at Rucon, I never played a game longer than three hours, and they're all tournament games, including the final, except we had breaks no. and that pushed it. The like, final was like five hours, wasn't it? No, no. Well, we started at three, we ended late, but we had like three breaks, and we had to sit there for 45 minutes before we even started, and we had camera issues, and they had to pause us, and we took like three water breaks and stuff. Like, that pushed it. The actual yeah. gameplay, I w- I'm going to argue, was three hours okay. or under i'm curious to see how long the final cut will be we'll see yeah um and my other two games same right but then like i'll play in a tournament on tts and it's like four hours and 50 minutes and i'm like oh my f-. right so that's yeah, not that's, 90 minutes i'm just by the way, this is that, a long that one was, that was not my fault that was your fault <laughs> that was you i was in that game and that was not me that was you yeah that was a long one. hey 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 let's not hey we're not in when this is we're not in the magic circle at the moment we're not playing root right now <laughs> Which means I can talk as much trash as I want to, right? Uh, that, that's fair. how that works. Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, ten and up is what the box says, and I played against that eleven-year-old. So I mean, you know, depending yeah, on he how he played, fine. Like, like he, I think like, you could shout do out it. to. I don't remember his name. Oh my gosh! All right, all come I, back to me. All I yeah, all I specifically remember is that uh, we were playing at the end of the game because uh, his dad loves Root too and was like there, but he didn't do any strategy stuff. He was just like kind of there because his son's eleven and like that get it right. At the end of the game, we were like talking post game stuff, and he was like, Hey guys, like my son's got to go to bed, so we're gonna go. And I was like, Oh, right, <laughs> that kid is only 11, like he's got school tomorrow, you know? Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that shout out to him, he played a great game, and that was really fun. Um, if he happens to be listening, um, but yeah, so Rackety, I mean, this his name was Rackety Tam, by the way. There you go, yes, yeah, shouts to Rackety Tam, bravo. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think we got to talk uh, lightning round and then we got to talk weight, I think is uh, kind of what I'm thinking. Unless you guys have other, other thoughts. Um, no, hit it. Lightning round. I'm going to start off easy. So favorite faction and why? All right. If it's lightning, it's the Erie dynasty. And it's because I won the tournament with them. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> and, and they were actually on my, my badge beforehand. Cause I, I love them for a lot of reasons, but. Oh shit. All right. So birds. All right. Uh, decoy. What do you think? um long answer uh yeah, that's fine thematically otters okay oh fucking I, damn it. I, I prefer to play Bro. though three-way tie woodland lizards and badgers what do those three factions have in common that is so interesting that you said those three. Oh my god 
The, what are those three have in common? Oh, uh, they're insurgent. Oh, lots of cards. <laughs> lots of cards. Yep, lots, lots of, of cards. cards. Yeah. Oh, I guess uh, Woodland doesn't necessarily always have lots of cards, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, insurgent, uh, they they score. Um, they're not. They don't have like a lot uh, of direct. Badger, badgers are not insurgent. They're a red faction. <laughs> uh, are they though? This is a whole. No, we can do no, a whole episode not, on the not badgers, really, dude. But that's what they're classified as. <laughs> they're not. They're so pink. <laughs> yeah, they're pink. Yeah. Um, they they score like an insurgent faction. How about that? They they want to they want to play in isolation and race. They don't want to impact the board. They just want to do their thing and and like get in and get out and hide. Which is a very insurgency kind of thing. I feel like. Yeah. Um, I think that the and the fact that they are la they don't have uh, as much direct player interaction. They're a lot more subterfugey and a lot more like in the shadows beneath the table style of play. At least for me, like I think I play woodland and lizards both like that. Like I'm not super aggressive. I'm just like hanging out in my corner, doing yeah, my own thing, exist. and then I'll come and strike when I need to to try and win. As yep, opposed to like is... like birds are the exact opposite. They gotta like get out there and fuck shit up, right? Yeah, that that is the the crux of the matter. All those yeah. three factions, whenever I play them, I like them because no one negotiates with me. And I'm ah, like, yeah, I like when people <laughs> don't talk to me. I think that's yeah. great. Everyone can yell at each other, and I don't have to spend energy talking. That's why I like those three factions. That's interesting. And you played Woodland uh, in your first round and in your semifinal game. I'm remembering. Yeah, in the casual game that we played with Garrick too. And, uh, oh, and JC, yeah, that's we, hilarious. I played women there as well. And uh, hila hilariously, uh, I didn't ask this in my lightning round of favorite. Uh, I don't have a least favorite, but my least favorite faction to play is Woodland Alliance. Uh, maybe oh. tied with Vagabond. Yep, I do. I and I, I think I dislike it for the same reason you like it. I want the social, like, bartering and like, like the last game I just played, I was Otters and Germ was playing uh, uh, Badgers. And I was like, I made one of the, the funniest deals I've ever made. I was like, hey, man, like you're going to buy at some point in the game because of course you are, because I'm not I'm not going to win because otters suck now. Right. Um, but I was like, hey, like I'll do this. And then it was like a conditional agreement. I was like, I'm going to move into this clearing and I'm going to battle the rats so that you can go in there and take the points for it. And if I roll well, you're going to buy from me at four and I can set my prices after the battle. Right. And if I roll like shit, and then therefore you're not going to go get those points, I'll set prices low. So you still buy, but you're giving me less for it, right? And he was like, yes. So I went in there and did it, and I rolled well, and I set the prices high, and he bought, right? Like, I want to I want to have situations where I can negotiate in that way instead of, like, in the shadows. Like, I like playing in the shadows. Like, I love crows, right? And to answer this for, for y'all, cats and crows are my two, and I never can pick which one I like better. Um but I like the like going out and impacting the board and like being able to negotiate uh, with players more so than the like hiding in the shadows type. And both of those factions exist in this game. So, you know, you could play both, uh, which is another great thing about this game, right? That's not all the same faction. That's so interesting right. that we have opposite <laughs> answers. Yeah. Okay. First thing, first of all, uh, conditional buys, hilarious. I've never heard of that before. It was amazing. Yeah. It was one of the yeah. funniest negotiations I've ever made. Yeah. Uh, two. <laughs> I used to be on that boat. I used to like this, which is why I used to like playing otters so much. Mm -hmm. And I don't anymore because the game takes too long. I can't keep up my energy like negotiating for the whole time. I run ah, out of I see. and I just make mistakes at the end of the game. Tie yeah, so yeah, fatigue if is the game thing. actually followed the time on the box, I would do that. If this was like 90 minutes, I would do that a lot. 
yeah, the yeah. game's going to run three hours, I'll run out of energy at hour two and a half if I'm doing that. If I'm right. just playing like the chill faction who does their own thing, I'll have enough energy to finish the game. And you That's... can negotiate at the end when you need to. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yep. if, if I have to talk for the whole game, I will run out of gas. It happens every time. Interesting. And that speaks to Caleb's ability to win four games in a row uh, at RootCon because you have to... I mean, I'm pretty so Caleb, you played birds twice, I know, for two of your wins. Uh, yeah. Those fact, like, you have to be interactive. Like, so how did the, the fatigue strike you, or were you able to withstand? Oh, yeah. I was just exhausted the whole tournament. But I, <laughs> I just kept my head down when I, when I didn't need to chat and talk when I needed to, and somehow, somehow got through. But I've never been so tired as the two nights I came back from Rutkan. Yeah. Damn, touche. Well, so I mean, yeah, Deepway, there's some, there's some, uh, definitely some truth to that then right and i so like and uh to speak to a way earlier point right so when i showed up at rucon and showed up to those irl games the first game i accidentally was the last and i got to sit uh like i we moved a table aside because it's five player games and the only seats are only at four it's like a four player table so we pushed one of the tables away and i sat on the end um which was fine with me uh and like because of that we were kind of able to like just start talking about root right away instead of like small talking and i like that with strangers sometimes but i was more interested in meeting everyone that i was like that i was already friends with i was like i want to meet these guys and like talk to them so like i was doing that and then i was like oh shit the game's about to start so then i walked over to my table right and then i won and then the second game i looked and saw that decoy was on it and i was like oh if i go to this game early and i saw who was on there too like if i go to this game early i'm gonna like talk to them and we're friends already and i have a relationship with them and i'm gonna give away that i like know a lot about this game and i didn't know who else was going to be there so i was like i know if i show up last like we'll just start playing and then like it'll be okay because i don't want to like because i mean for an irl game it's like poker which we haven't talked about yet but it's coming soon right like i think the game is existing as soon as you see other people that you're playing against it's like every single move is a social cue kind of thing right so i was like i don't i want to show up last and get there at the start as opposed to getting there 10 minutes early and sitting down and getting comfy and chatting and whatever. Um, and I think that's why, because like I, I social, my social game is more, I think as, and I'm like, I know that about myself. So I had to like keep that in check. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That's funny. The game started for me before I even saw you. All I had to do was look at the the sign up sheet or the, the posting because it's posted and taped to the tape to the walls. Right. So I went over there and I was like, Oh crap. I got Dewey <laughs> and I got like other people that I knew and I got you. Yep. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sit down and you didn't show up. Everyone else is already there. Yep. Dewey was doing a tarot card reading. It was great. <laughs> yeah. He had just like he Fuck sat yeah, down dude. and pulled pulled Hell out yeah. a, a thing of tarot cards. Um and he read he read someone's uh he, he did a reading, reading off the back of the card, like the insert that has the instructions on it, just reading off of that. Anyways. That's hilarious. So the first thing I did was talk trash about you since you weren't there. Oh, no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so that, like, since you weren't there, I took it as an opportunity to warn everyone about you. And you still won. So oh, fuck. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. And I remember you saying I went to get a beard, like, at one interchange and I left. And I remember you specifically being like, yeah. And uh, I forget. I think the Rats player was like, oh, our table captain, which then I was like, I'm fucked because now they're seeing me in this sort of position of manipulation which means they're not going to trust me anymore so i was like i got to get this team captain word out of everybody's mouth because it's going to fuck me later i remember getting up and going to get a beer and then y'all a decoy was like uh no one has talked since you left i was like oh fuck yeah exactly (laughs) 
I made very clear that you were the one who was in charge of the table and everyone should be wary of you. And this I also happened so to be sitting at the head of the table. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, was, <laughs> it was a great experience. Yeah. So this, dude, this game's got it all, man. All right. So uh, like I said, mine's crows and cats and I can't really ever choose. Um, I played Badgers in the final and I got to say to Josh and Cole to their face, like this faction is fucking crazy. How dare you make this, which was also a highlight of the, of the root con for me. Um, okay. So uh, another lightning round question that was longer than lightning round, but that's okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'll add, um, I actually answered lightning. lightning. No, 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 that's fine. I, this, this can be like slow round. I don't, I don't care. Um, so what's your favorite memory of a root game? If your favorite memory from playing the game or interacting with the game called root oh my god there's so many um, i know i have two and i'm not going to be able to pick so I'll, I'll i don't have to go first but i can but yeah i have two i don't i don't have a, i don't have a single one it's hard to hard to say okay my i think there there's got to be there's there's got to be a digital one and then there's got to be a tts one for me probably I know the okay. TTS one. There's been a lot. I played a lot of great TTS games. Mm-hmm. Probably my favorite one was second game of the winter tournament last year. How many winter okay. tournaments have I done in? It was the it was the server game where I had to play against. Oh, Kyle all. Oh, I know what you're about to say. I loved this moment. Yes. And Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. first of all, that had this one of the greatest backstabs great in the history of, yes. of everything where. <laughs> Where Trends was about to guess Coyote's Shout, plot. Shouts to Trends. Yeah, for doing this because it, it was great. Yep. And Coyote said, No, don't guess that plot. It is this. And then he tried to make a deal with him. It's like, you can, yep. I just need to flip it and then it'll be fine. And then Trends asked him, like, Okay, I'll take the other plot. If you tell me, you what, tell it me is. what it is. I'll, and I'll guess that one instead and leave I'll that, guess one, that on the one board. Instead. Yep. And Coyote said, Yes. And he guessed both of them. I told him, and he guessed both right. He told and he got him the he yep. right there. And he got <laughs> fucked him so hard. <laughs> yeah, and and just like ruined Coyote's game. Not like not completely, but I mean, it, it was it was of, pivotal. Yeah, yeah. They were they were staring at each other. Like I, I could feel it. Like we we're on TTS, I can't I can't actually see each other, but they, like oh, there was yeah. there was anger right there. Not like oh, yeah. actual anger, but like Coyote was so exasperated. I remember anger. his breath, his, yeah. his the sound he made when he sighed. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> Because <laughs> he didn't like, I think he knew, but he didn't think that Trends was actually going to do was it. Was going to do it. Trends yeah. plays a lot of these very, very, very high interactive backstabby type games that are right. more complicated. And yeah, so that happened in that game. And if you mm-hmm. watch it on the stream, it's, um, yep, it's, it's posted. Was casting it. it with Garrick, and mm-hmm. they both lost their minds when that happened. Yeah, it was big. Um, that also happens to be the game where Aaron tried to go for dominance, and as a table, we had to collectively come together to foil him four consecutive turns in a row or something it was and it was one of those where chat was like uh i think he's got it like every round yeah, they were like every they can't time physically do it and then somehow y'all managed to find a way each time to stop him yeah it was insane it was one of the yeah, yeah that's it, a good one <laughs> just like everything in that game was on display like backstabbing um yep. understanding mechanics like weird plays like the dominance play as soon as it was possible none yep. of us saw it coming yeah yeah high and, iq like, root play man yeah, like teamwork to make sure that he didn't win, like yep. repeatedly, turn after turn after turn. I was, I was uh, totally toast after that game. All right, uh, Caleb, do you have a favorite root, root memory? Well, uh, just finding beauty in the small things. You reminded me about digital memories, and just recently, I started a game where I crafted Better Burrow Bank as lizards on turn one, and it's just like oh. a 
crazy oh. how much acceler- <laughs> it's accelerated me. So. Oh, that's, that's pretty so fun. good. But that's just a small thing. Obviously, I'm, I was stoked and like almost started crying when I realized I was going to win the tournament. So that was that was a pretty big, obviously a big moment. Yeah, um, you're, you're dude. You're famous. Like, dude, you're you're yeah. screwed now. And every con every root game ever, they're gonna be like, oh, he run the first ever root con tournament. Yeah, you're screwed, bro. <laughs> so, so, so far on digital, it hasn't really come up. So I think I think I'm safe for now. Nice. But um. But also a memory of that game was when I made Nebuchadnezzar swear on whatever he could think of the most valuable thing to swear on that he would give me my eerie warriors back. And he kind of weirdly suggested my, my mother. So I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> swear, swear, on my, swear on my mother's name. And he yeah. did it. And he just felt really sincere. And, you know, shouts to Nebuchadnezzar, as we say, like it, it felt yeah. really sincere and I bought it. And then he just immediately betrays me, like no qualms. Oh, even no, care. yeah, didn't even. I try, yeah. I try to object and like, get the board against him make a fuss about this and then i quickly realized like no he does not no. give a shit it's totally yeah, and we were all like dude why would you give those back like we need so, ear turmoil and he was like yeah, i'm just, not giving it back and i just like, had oh, to let fine. it go <laughs> so that was maybe maybe a low light but just a very memorable funny moment yeah that's great for like this uh, this is part of why i wanted to do this because this is i think going to give the slice of life of what root can offer and how rich it is because yeah. like these are yeah. such good things that you get to experience when you play root right um the first one that i want to mention is the first game I played in the Marauder root testing server. I had been uh, added when they were still make badgers were completely fucked. They had not been fixed at all. They were still <laughs> like five or six iterations prior to what they are now. Um, is the football one? Yeah, one of the versions of badgers was like you had to like take like a football and carry it across the map and put it and deliver it. Yes, and deliver yeah, it so, yeah. yeah. So you had to get the things and deliver them to the other ends. And if somebody else did it, they scored your points for you. Yeah, it was not good. Um, yeah, it was it was a little bit back in those it was back in those days. Um, so the first ever game in the server, the testing server that I got to play and I like I played, I mean, I tested a fuck ton and of the Marauder stuff, which is so I, I love root and I love Marauder. And part of what I love about it the most, I think, is that I was able to sort of like help shape how like what was made you know which is like that's such a great just feeling for your favorite game to like help be a part of it yeah. be great right yeah. um so i was the first game in that in that testing server uh josh was like hey uh a new iteration of of uh rats uh like let's get a game i want to test it and i was like yep i'm in um so i got to play root i played birds i got to play root with uh, the person who was working on designing the new stuff that everyone is now playing and two others uh, and like test and like that game, he then used those notes to like improve on the rats faction before they were uh, solidified because they were much further along at that point than badgers. Like we said, badgers were fucked. Like, and they still kind of are, are arguably, but we'll talk about badgers on another episode called badgers. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at the rule book right now. And there is a mark here. Is that, yep. Is that, that's me. That you? Yeah, yep. Sweet. I'm, I, yep. I'm in there. I, I was a little cheesy. I only did like three test games with you. I'm like, uh, can I please get in on the rule book? That would, that would be, yeah, that counts. Me. Yeah. Count so, it, they, yeah. so then they, uh, they threw my Opie's funeral at the end there. So nice. Yeah. I'm the, yeah. I'm the last, you're one of the first names on the list, probably because you started early and I'm one of the last names on the list. Oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's so that that memory, man, like, and I remember specifically like moments in the game where I was like, I don't know this faction, like, anymore, like I knew root for a long time. And I've gotten to the point where I'm very competent with every faction. I feel like I could play any faction except otters in any scenario and do well, because otters suck. Um, fight, fight me later, decoy. Um, no, you're right. And, <laughs> and I remember being like, Oh, shit, like, this is 
cutting it. Like, I don't know what to do because I don't know the rat's potential right now because they're too new. And like, I got to experience that firsthand with someone who was actively making the thing. And I was like, Oh, this is fucking sweet. And that's always stood out to me. And I had a window where I was like, I don't know what, if they're bad or not, but I know I need to go hit moles. So I did that and he ended up winning the game. And I was like, well, I mean, that's going to happen. Cause like, I didn't know how to stop rats. Right. Because they were still new. Um, so that memory uh, strikes me uh, really well because of the like personal connection I have with the game. And then I got to like experience the people it with the people making it. Um, and then my second one, and I don't know if I have a, a favorite of these two, these two just kind of stand out to me the most. Um, I think my favorite like game, my favorite uh, like moment probably in a game was uh, a four player uh, scenario. There was me on Badgers. This is when they had been made and when Marauder was out. It was me on Badgers. It was uh, tripping on birds, I want to say. He might have been rats. I don't remember. And then uh, somebody was rats or cats. I forget exactly the other uh, two. But the important thing isn't who was playing. The important thing is what happened. So somebody made a dominance play. And every every time I'm in a game and somebody goes for dominance, which um, to, rem to remind everyone, that's just you're not going for 30 points anymore. You're doing something different to try and win. And you, once you decide, it's like once you declare it, you can't undeclare it. It's like now you're just going to try and win via this other win condition. So somebody went for it. And every time I'm in a game where somebody goes for dominance, which is very rare, I'm like, bro, we should all just go for dominance because there's four factions and there's four dominance cards. And like, we'll just change the very nature of the game, right? And nobody ever takes me up on it because like going for dominance is stupid. Like nobody ever gets it, right? Like it's very rare that you win that way. It's always almost, it's like 99% always better to not go for dominance, right? And I forget who it was. I think it was Trippin was like, fuck it, I'll do it. Like it was just a casual game. We were just having fun among friends, right? So then he goes for dominance too. And I'm like, oh shit, I can follow suit. The Vagabond can't go for dominance. He was, the Vagabond was in the game. So it'll be three of us. And then the Vagabond will be our turn timer. The Vagabond is going to get the 30 or one of us is going to win this game, right? <laughs> and we got to play one of the most interesting games of Root that I've ever played. Where like no, but no, no longer was anybody giving a shit about points. So people were leaving points all over the fucking place. No one was defending anything that counted for points. And we're just going for their three different clearings. So I went for Bunny with Badgers, which is fucking stupid. And then like, I don't remember the other two. It was Cats and Birds or whoever it was. And they went for the other suits. And we were all just trying to stop one that wasn't our suit and still hold our three suits the whole game and it, like it was so crazy like i've never seen root change that much in a specific game and like it there's a it's a playground there's enough in this game where you can do crazy shit and it's fun like you know you can in brass you can go for pottery you can go for box strat you can go for cotton mills right but you know, you got to ship one of the three. There's not really a fuck ton of flexibility. Root has more flexibility in terms of how a game can play out than any other game I've ever played. And that is my best example of it. And that's, I, I remember that shit. I ended up winning too, and that's not why I like the game. But like, we played like 11 rounds and every round was like, all right, I got to get this clearing and we have to find a way who's going to stop this person's dominance next. And like, you know what I mean? Like it was so fucking crazy. <laughs> So yeah, that's a favorite for me too. I don't know which one I like better. They both stand out. All right, here's another lightning round. You ready? And then we'll get to the, the strategy, the weight discussion. So uh, your favorite law, your favorite root law, because there are a ton. Oh, man. I do have one. <laughs> Holy crap. Hold on, wait. I got to find I gotta find the exact one. Okay. Yeah, we can take a minute. I have mine ready because I knew this was coming. Opie, did you get a chance to ponder this one? Um, I'm thinking the rule... 
so you're saying the, my favorite rule in the law or like part of the yeah, law? Yeah, your favorite, yeah, your favorite law of root, yeah. Yeah, I think I like the rule in the law that's called rule because I think it's oh, funny shit. that there's a rule called rule. And I just think rule makes <laughs> a really, really interesting decision. It actually doesn't come up that often. Um, and when you're teaching somebody, it's always like, oh, by the way, you actually can't move them. Like, what? And like, like why didn't you yep. tell me that? Like, like I did explain yep. it. It's kind of weird. It's just really but, hard to <laughs> grapple with, yeah. But it just feels very, I don't know, it feels very thematic and it makes for very interesting board states where you can kind of trap somebody where they didn't think they could be, be trapped. Um, so I don't know. I just, I think it's a great, it's a great law. Rule. <laughs> rule is also the rule, like use a, a, a pun or whatever there. Uh, so rule is the rule where you get to say the thing that is really fun to say in brass that Francis mentioned in that episode and that I also agree with, which is, hey, where's your coal coming from? And then you're like, fuck, I can't do this because my coal <laughs> won't travel. And I feel like in root, that that rule that makes you be like that is rule. It's like, fuck, I can't move the people I need to do the thing that's the best for me because of this fucking snare in this middle of this thing that no one's gotten rid of or like, oh, fuck, I can't. And like, you know, that fucks up. I mean, rule hurts the, the birds potentially more of anybody because their decree, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And like, like, oh, cats can't pass. The wood doesn't travel through because I don't rule the fucking connected clearings. Like, yeah, you're right. It does always kind of come up that that rule feels like it's the one that, especially new players are like, God damn it. I can't do that because I don't rule the clearings I need. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> it just, it just makes the, the map feel much more dynamic and kind of naughty. And you get these kind of tangled things where pieces are overlapping with each other. And yeah, I just love it. What it does for the game. I know, I know that you just said naughty spelled with a K, but it sounds like you said kinky naughty with an N. And I was like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wait, you don't know. You don't know which one I was saying, man. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like I'm how naughty can we get here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth the naughty game. What can I tell you? Uh, fuck it, eh? Oh man, yeah. Cheers. Why, well, so, Caleb? Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Do we? We, we do we want to do like a sign off so that you don't just disappear into the night? Um, sure, sure. I'll, I'll just say it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Happy to be here for a big episode and be there Heck at the yeah. beginning too. And um, yeah, you guys are both uh, great root players. I respect you guys a lot. Heck yeah! Thanks, man. Real quick before you go, where would you rank it? You don't know uh, the list, but like, would you put it up near the top? Is, I assume this has got to be this has got to be the best game. Yeah, it's got to be. All right, yeah, all right. Guys, so one vote for number one. All right, own, but uh, <laughs> I, can't, I cannot imagine anything that would be above it right now. All right, so. all right, decoy. Do you have a favorite rule, or should I go next? Um, yeah, I have a favorite rule. I found it. Oh this hell yeah! All right. Sixteen point one point eight. Oh my! S number two, step two, B. <laughs> Holy fucking shit! I had to find this. So hold on, say the numbers again. Hold on. 16.1.8. Step two. B. Homeland adjacency. Oh my god. Yeah, homeland adjacency is really fun. Yeah. So do you know this? Do you know do you know why I said this one? Because it's so fucking convoluted. <laughs> because I have a personal thing. So in my last tournament game, last winter tournament game, we're doing setup. Mm -hmm. And I say if you set up with that faction, you can't set up there. You have to set up, up over here. Mm -hmm. and that is the way we've been playing this game so uh, the point that i was trying to make this is going to get very very into the weedsy but bring it with me bring but it. uh i'm not worried about you i'm worried about the viewers i just turned everyone's brains off by listing all these numbers and things oh anyway, oh oh really, yeah no really i got quickly. you <laughs> yeah um it's it's a two or more clearings rule so the question that we had or not had but the thing that we were thinking about was how much of the setup do you have to do because your homelands are supposed to be spread out. That's the whole idea. You yeah. Know, so you don't start next to someone else. So yeah. So you can like you build towards an army or something. Yeah. Yeah. 
in very specific situations, it gets really messy if you have a lot of red factions. A lot of factions yeah. have a lot of guys on the board. Yeah. So there was one place where a player could set up, and they were one and one away from if homeland, I think. And then another where it was one and zero, where they were adjacent. Yeah. And I said, you have to do the setup that fulfills as much of the rule as possible, which means mm -hmm. you only have one starting position. Do as this much is in the winter possible. tournament. Yeah, yep. and that's the general rule. If you can't fulfill everything, you do as much as possible. Yep. On stream, Garrick says, unbeknownst to all of us, that we're wrong, that that's not the right setup. And for one of the oh, only times, shit. he actually pulls out his rule book and looks yep. it up on stream. Yep. And he says, I disagree with this ruling. If they asked me, I would change it, I think. Oh, shit. And we we did not play it like that. We we They believed me because I sounded so confident. Yeah. And this is exactly the way we've been playing for like a year since they released ad set to the public. Oh, and shit, dude. We were like, they, they told me because JC's in chat, like screaming that I'm right. And Garrett's <laughs> totally. like trying to, he's trying to um, convince him. And JC ends up being pretty convinced because there's something in italics here. Right, uh, right. And italics means certain some things in the rule book, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. That happens, and I find that out later, because after the game I asked, did we do anything wrong? And Gary was like, ah, don't worry about it. I'm like, oh, man, we messed up something really big, like the last time I played. And right. I we, we like dive into this conversation. I'm like, I can see why Garrick might be right about this, and I can see why we might be wrong. Okay. Right. Fast forward to RootCon. Okay. We sit down at a game, and I'm playing with Garrick and JC, and we have the exact same situation come up. Holy shit. Except this time, Josh is right next to us. With his laptop. Oh, he's the rules guru. So if you've For anybody who doesn't know, yep. Yeah, so he's the rules guy. He, he writes all the rules. So yep. have you watched Neb's video on his Rukon experience? Yes. Yep. Right. Oh, yeah. I remember that picture of him looking it up. Fucking A. Yes. Yeah. That was the game. Like that one oh. standing right there. And the thing he's looking up is this exact rule because he did not make a clarification before. So we asked him. And he agreed with me, my interpretation. You have to do as much as possible. You don't have an option. Hell yeah. It's the only thing that I've ever gotten right that Garrick's gotten wrong. Except, That's... to be fair, Garrick wasn't wrong. It wasn't, like, strictly correct or incorrect. It was just unclear. Yeah. But yeah. the thing that I said, Josh agreed with. That's so that is my favorite sweet. rule. That's pretty sweet. 16.1.8, yeah, step, step 8, set up factions. Step 2, choose factions. B, <laughs> homeland adjacency. That whole thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, yeah. something else. Listeners, if you haven't uh, already figured out this game's complex, that is a rule. Yeah, and the Law of Root is a great uh, a great book. And I took my Law of Root to RootCon and had all the people that I could find and know sign it. And I asked Cole his favorite law. And I asked uh, Josh. And I asked all these people, like big Root community people, uh, to sign my rule book next to their favorite rule, their favorite law. And... I have a favorite law that I'm going to save for the, the outro of the show today. But my favorite rule and my favorite law of root now uh, is uh, also Cole's. Because when he explained it to me, I was like, oh my God, I love this rule now. Because I he made the game. And like I, you know, I could never know this unless I am talking to him in person, which is another like such a good connection with this game that I have, right? So his favorite rule that he was explaining, and he said it way better than I'm going to right now. So I'm paraphrasing. But basically, his favorite rule, because I asked him to sign next to it, and he was like, oh, God, how do I pick, right? And he ended up on the rule 4.3, which is battle. And he was explaining when in, in development of the base game of Root, which a lot of people, if you're interested in this game now, base game is a great place to start. I'd say after that, Marauder is the next place to start. And then from there, 
you'll know if you like the game enough to keep going, right? Um, and then you can just get the rest of it because you probably like it. Um, so uh, the base game, uh, like when they were developing not just the factions, but also the core systems of the game, which is a significant lift because now the core systems are in place and they're just adding onto it, right? And they made a core system that's so good that they can add onto it so, so smoothly, right? And he was saying that Eerie just weren't working. They couldn't figure out why, but that was one that was like they made two militant red factions uh, in the base game. It's cats and it's birds, the Eerie dynasties, right? And uh, the birds just weren't working. Like, and the battle system and the, the movement system and the rule system were still kind of being created, he was saying. And um, in trying to fix Eerie, they fixed the, the battle system at the same time. And he was trying to create a battle system that was easy and that was efficient and that was simple but that still like incentivize people to battle in this war game where you want, like, you know, in a war game, you're supposed to have your armies battle each other. Right. And there's so many factions that are incentivized to not take battles because battles means you lose warriors. Right. So like, if I need to stop a dominance play, the best play isn't to battle. It's usually just to overrule someone. Right. So, you know, in this war game, I'm not trying to necessarily always battle people. Right. And cats seldom battle because they don't have enough actions and that's just in the weeds. Right. So we're not going to go there, but in his story, he was telling me that like, in trying to fix the Erie dynasties, he created the root battle system and like it worked so well with them because of that faction, which is a lot of times people will say like their favorite faction or a faction that's really strong because they interact with battle so specifically. And like those, the, that faction and the battle system are tied and married together really closely. And I was like, dude, I had no idea that like this happened, right? And so he signed next to the battle uh, like rule 4.3 and i was like oh my god like that's amazing like that i don't have a strong connection to any one rule or specific part of this map of this uh, law of root except for the one i'm going to mention as our outro uh and i was like i don't like somebody asked me to sign their favorite law i was like i don't know which one i would fucking pick i think i just picked like a rule on the cats because like cats were the faction i wanted to do or crows or something like that but the basic battle rule and like really stuck out to me from his story so like that's the one that really strikes me now too it's pretty that's crazy. Really neat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny how development works. Like something, yep. something is connected to something that you had no idea about. And yep. Yeah. Very neat. Yeah. It's a man. That that I'm so glad we got to go on that trip. Oh, fucking a. Um. Well, hey, let's do the hard stuff because the ranking, I think, based on um Opie, who had to recently step out. Um. You know, IRL gets in the way. So, uh, thanks again, Opie. Uh, when you listen back for the for coming on the show. Um, so he's going to put it number one and I think our ranking section is going to be really short today. So, um, yep, think so too. you know, so I think the hard work that we have to do now is talk about weight and strategy. Um, there is a entire episode of the show that we could do about just this game's strategy and weight because, you know, we know it really well and there's a ton, right? It'd be like, if we were doing a chess podcast, we could do a chess podcast and talk for 500 episodes and like, yep. there's a, there's a cornucopia, right? Same here. Um, so uh, what we always do is we have our, uh, our good man decoy here uh, take a shot at what the weight of this game is according to BGG's site. Um, so this game, Route 2018, uh, was when it came out. Uh, two to four players, six to 90 minutes, like we said, age 10 and up. And then next to that is a complexity rating. Um, there is a different answer if I ask you different questions. So if I say base game versus the Riverfolk expansion versus the Underworld expansion versus the Marauder expansion, all four of those weights are different weights on BGG. So I'm going to give you all four, but you can take a guess, I think, however you'd like. Uh, how do you want to tackle this weight the weight shot here? <laughs> uh, I don't. Fuck <laughs> it. Really hard. Um, yeah. 
Well, let's let's do this. I, um, would I you put it as the most complex? Would you put it above? Would you guess over Go, which is our currently number one complex game, three point nine four, the hardest we've talked about? I'm. It's right under there. I think the base. I I think I've looked this up at some point, like months ago, mm-hmm. and I feel like it was right under Go. Like it was in the three point nine ish. So up there, yeah, above yeah. brass or in brass range, three point eight nine, yeah. three point nine, something it's like that. It's very high. Yeah. So that's what like for base game. I think it's like three point nine. It might be like higher. Or it might be like a little bit lower. I'm I'm not sure. There is, and we've talked about it a little bit already on the show. There's quite a bit here, right? But it is for ten and up. So it does like I think when we think about complexity now that we've gotten this far into the show, into the 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 project, right? I think what I've sort of gleaned now is that there's two sort of complexity sort of markers. I think one is can I play the game and finish the game and function, and then there's can I play the game well and understand the strategy quickly? And I think like mechanically, what am I doing versus like strategically, what am I doing? I think those are different complexity ratings for me now, different weightings, right? So if I'm, if I'm looking at root as a mechanical, what am I doing? I would put it, I think, Oh God, somewhere below three, probably. I think it's easier to play than something like cosmic frog or Dune Imperium, which is three flat i think it's a little bit simpler to get like dudes on a map you move them around you're battling you're looking for points how do you get points your faction board will tell you you want to place these tokens down how do you do that like this okay sweet do that and you'll score points sweet and then like you'll play the game you'll finish somebody will win if you're new to the game like it's like i think it's around that like i think one blend might even be more complicated it's a little bit harder to get into potentially because there's so many mechanical things you have to do in so many sections of the game right um, so for me, I think like in terms of mechanically what I'm doing, I'd put it like maybe just under three, just under 2.9, somewhere in there. But strategically, now it's going to shoot way up, right? Like we said. Um, so what BGG claims is 3.78 for base game, which puts it, for the sake of our conversation here, uh, right at Arc Nova level. Um, so my first question for you is yes or no, because I know Arc Nova, you've bounced way off. I think because in part of what you're actively doing, and I think because in part of the complexity of it. Yeah. Like, the complexity <laughs> part of it's not actually that bad in Arc Nova. I just had no, right. like, drive to learn it. Like, you, you have to want to learn how to play these games. Like, you don't just instantly get anything. Arc Nova was yeah. just so bad in so many different ways that I, that I couldn't bring myself to spend the time to learn it. Um, right. And once you get to here, it's like splitting hairs. It's about right. Like, root yeah, yeah. Seems hard. Like it doesn't really play like anything else. It's, yeah. it's asymmetric. It's the uh, asymmetry of it is tough. Cause you can't look at your neighbor and be like, okay, like Argnova, they just built a enclosure to put a thing down. I'll do the same thing. And I can just do it with them. This yeah. game. Uh, well, you're on your own, buddy. <laughs> There's no other yeah, faction like, like the cat. So good luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All you've got to go on is like, maybe you pull open the rule book and say, this is the, the, the preset recommended for several turns and try mm-hmm. to do that. And then you hit turn three and that's it. There's no more help at all. Good luck. Yep. Yep. And Oath does that. It's like, it has like a suggested two player, like, or like, you know, two turns thing. And then it's like now play. Right. Um, yep. Yeah, I think so. So the Marauder expansion is the heaviest. Um, I kind of am curious, like, is that something that do you want to guess specifically that like, Knowing this, the most the heaviest one. Ha! <laughs> He's going big, ladies and gentlemen. 
Um, so BGG puts it at 3.94, which is exactly what? go, which I think is crazy. Yeah, uh, what do you... it's, it's a little bit more than that. Like, I yeah, I would put I, I'm shooting it way over four for the Marauder stuff, the ad set, the setup rules, the, the yeah. complexity of badgers and rats being able to like even function and play them is fucking hard, right? Like, yeah, yeah we, we've we've said this in a lot of other places. Um, I'm not sure if we said it here, probably not since we haven't talked about root, yeah, except fleeting, fleetingly, um, yeah, mentioned it here yeah, and there, yeah, mentioning it. Um, Everyone says badgers are really, really hard, and they are. Yeah. I, I had many conversations with many people. I'm pretty convinced that no one knows how to play rats. Like rats <laughs> yep. just yep. have like so much stuff going on, and they're like remarkably fragile. Like they're yes. they're actually extremely difficult to play well. Like extremely, yes. extremely difficult to the point where I don't think there are any really, really, really good rats players. Like there's a few, but most people who play rats are playing them completely wrong. Uh, Hot takes, ladies releases, and gentlemen. Hot takes. When, when JC releases his rats guide, we'll have a whole new world where everyone plays rats correctly. Ah, like, rats so JC knows, huh? Yeah, JC knows. We talked about this. It's so hard to play rats well because they're kind of counterintuitive in a lot of ways. Anyways, that yeah, yeah. is going to be for the root strategy podcast episode. episode. Yep. That we're going to do one of those because we love this game, as you can probably tell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, we're going to do a like... full other episode about Root that's like nitty gritty stuff. And we'll label it that way so that, you know, if you're like, I don't want to hear Root anymore, you can just jump past it. We'll like label it that way. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, yeah we, we could talk endlessly about like we could do a whole episode just dedicated to set up like fucking a like, yep, that is like, OK, OK, quick, quick aside. I know we're like this is at, we're entering hour three or something. Yep, we're almost done. One, Don't worry, listeners. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be just a second. One one of the untapped places in Root that people are really bad at mm-hmm. is faction selection and setup yep. and ad set. Yep. Nobody. You, you can win or lose the game on setup. Yeah. Yep. I don't like. I don't know that you can win the game per se because you still have to play the whole game, and especially in a self balancing game like this, like everyone yeah. can decide to make you lose. And that is more likely to happen if you win the draft, in fact. Indeed. However, yep. yes, you, you can put yourself in a great position at the draft to do very well in the game. Mm-hmm. You can also lose the game at the draft if you select wrong or set up wrong. Yep. Like you, yep. you can just get crushed immediately before even taking a turn. Yep. And nobody practices this, this enough. Like I've set up my, part of my preparation for all the winter tournaments and things was to set up drafting practice. Mm-hmm. And nobody was interested in doing it with me, so I did it alone. Oh, I would have done it. Now that I'm, I, w- I wish I remembered you asking. I might, I might have missed that. I don't know. Yeah, it's just like I don't think I posted it. Like, hey, I'm doing this. It was more like, oh yeah, yeah. Anytime I got a root game, I was like, anybody want to do drafting practice? And everyone said no. Real quick, split game. And yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. So, all right, next, next, before next winter tournament, we do, we do drafting practice. You're in. Like, I, I, could, I'm I could in. Talk yeah. for hours just about that. Like that yeah, drafting and setup. Was, yeah, important things that nobody does right. Not nobody, yep. but people don't take it's, seriously. And to speak to uh, that point, in my uh, fi- in both my semifinal and my final game, I was first seat, which means I select my faction last uh, in a competitive game. If you're trying to play like how the ad set was created, which you know we're not going to get into, but it tries to equalize, it tries to to uh, mitigate the first turn player advantage because in in this game we've talked about turn structure and how it works. In this game, it just goes in a circle. First player goes first, second player goes second. Third player goes third, how many players you have, and then it just goes back to the start. And it, it's in the same order every time. 
Um, so first player gets potentially more turns because they get to act first. So which means, you know, they strike while the iron's hot, right? Um, so many, to mitigate uh, that advantage, they set up last and they pick last so that they're, you know, they don't have the most optimal faction or setup spot because they get to go first. Um, and I got to go first in both my semifinal and my final game. And I had last pick. And in the finals game, I had the option of playing a the worst Vagabond in the game. I think that's objectively truth. Uh, or the Badgers. And when you're playing Badgers and everyone else at the table knows how to play Badgers, that means they also know how to stop Badgers from winning. And I was like, you guys, like I, everything in there, there's everything's face up. Everyone knows exactly how, what you can score and how many points you can score. And Badgers are the kind of faction where you can't help but score. Like they, their engine is so fast moving and they score so quick that they look way more threatening than they are because they're a fucking glass cannon glass hat. Like you, like you can't help but score. And then you look really scary because I'm sitting at 24 and you're still sitting at 12 and we're going to 30. And it's like, well, fuck, we're about to lose. And it's like, well, we're not, though, because, like, y'all are about to make it so that I don't score for four turns in a row, which is what happened in the finals game. Spoiler, right? And, like, I was like, you guys, I don't have a fucking choice. I'm going to play a glass can of faction that are fucking hard to win with, and I'm gonna, or I'm going to play a faction that never wins. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they, they drafted well. They left, they left me, seat one, in a very difficult position to win, which is, that's, you know what I mean? Like, you're right. Yes. Draft and dra drafting strategy is insane because if they had left me any of the other factions, I would have had a much better chance. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that and that's that they played that pretty perfectly. No one's picking scoundrel, and they should leave you on a faction that's stoppable. So yep, and badgers are more stoppable. More turn. Yeah, yep. badgers are very stoppable. Um, yeah, especially with the factions I, that are able to, like birds and yeah. woodland, like funneling cards away, and like you know what I mean. Like, there's so many ways that you can hurt their engine. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, touche. <laughs> that means i think to put it to bring it back this game's strategy uh 3.78 for base game if you're just trying to get into it and you're not sure how base game is a great place to start it may it's how all of us i think got into root right um but if you're looking for that high strategy and you know the game it's there and if you expand to the expansions it's not like one of those expansion games where you're like oh this just kind of adds a new deck and like that's kind of fun it it changes like I would, yeah, I would it changes argue how you play the game for the what Root is now, if you go online and you're like, hey, I want to play Root, and you go to like the TTS like Woodland Warriors and you try and play, that game is not the same as base game Root. Like, it's, it's very, it's very different. different. Yeah. And, yeah. and for the better, I think. So if you like base game Root, bro, the world is your oyster. <laughs> it's oyster style, yeah. baby. <laughs> Just like add an expansion at a time, like develop your meta, and yep. like go for it. It's great. And have fun. Fucking have fun. There. Because yep, there's a lot there. Worth the price of admission, whatever whatever you pay for it. Oh yeah, and you'll keep coming back to it. Um, so, I mean, I think it's worth at least considering uh, not putting this game number one. It's my favorite game, Root, and it will be on my number one list. Uh, but is it worth? Because it's not number one on BGG's list, and Brass is, and it's currently our number one. Um, I think yeah. that OP says number one uh, earlier before we asked him before he signed off, right? And I, I, it's number one for me. Is it number one for you? Because you do retire from it a lot. I wanted to ask you this. Yes. I. Okay. Yes, it's still number one. Like it, it's. Okay. I, I said in the brass episode that like it's brass is going to stay number one for like for all time. Not not really. Right. Like that. that right. Was, right. That but was it's it's going to be up there. Just, it's yeah. like brass is a great game. Brass is probably just way more accessible. Like it's easier to, to table for, for random people, probably, arguably, maybe not table for the first time, I should say, because root looks really good. 
and brass yeah. is kind of hit or miss. But once like once you get to like game four or five, if you get that far, I think brass will stick around better than root does for most people. Ah, yeah, it's cool. it's a little more accessible, I think. Yeah. Yeah. In 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 a weird way, because root looks more accessible, but it lies to you in the same way scythe lies to you. It's mean scythe as looks hell. like a war game, but it's, it's not, not actually a war game. It's your <laughs> right. Yeah. And root looks like a cute, friendly, you know, woodland critters game. Yeah, and it's it's a war game. It, it's, oh, that, yeah. That's actually what what scythe is looks like. Like, yep. and it's not. It, it doesn't match. So yeah, it's brutal too. Root is a fucking brutal game sometimes. Like, yeah, bro. it's <laughs> it is so brutal. I, I remember. Y'all said earlier, even when you're out of the game, you can still impact the board state. Yes. Except when you actually can't, because there's a few situations where you can actually where get you literally off can't the board, do anything, and you literally can't do anything, and that feels yep. exceptionally bad. We've seen that happen oh, in tournament games. With, mm-hmm. um, in my last winter tournament game, I was staring at cats in first seat, and I had the same problem that you had in in the in the the final, the yeah, final, yeah, where. You're like, I can pick a bad Vagabond or I can pick a, a Badgers and that's that's going to be tough because right. I'm just going to lose with both of them. I had the right. same spot. I could pick a second Vagabond or can oh. pick Cats. Right, and which in that matchup would have been tough. Yeah. And I was looking at it and trying to justify Cats and I just couldn't do it because um, there was just like, there's four reds on the board. And yep. Yep. yeah, it, it, five player game and everyone's going to fight me. And it's going to be awful. And I was going to get wiped off the board and not be able to play. Most of the factions have like guardrails set up where they can't get eliminated. Yeah. And just like so effectively like, removed from the gameplay, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like moles can always get back onto the board. Vagabond doesn't die. They just get injured and they have to go rest. Uh, yep. Woodland, like you can always, there's always like for every faction, you can put pieces back onto the board somehow, somewhere. If you get wiped off completely. Yeah. Wiped I mean, Woodland starts off the board completely, right? Anyway. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So, except for cats. Yep. There, cats have no like response. Like, if no they come cats back. get wiped off the board, which is actually quite difficult. It's really, really hard to wipe all of the, the, the cats the away. Cats off the board. They have the most, <laughs> they have the most warriors in the game. Yeah. Um, but if you can most. do it, if you can destroy all their stuff, they can't get back on the board. And that's just it. Yeah, there was that happened to me in that game. Yep. <laughs> like, so sometimes that can happen, and I just wanted to point out that for all the stuff that's good about it, sometimes there's player elimination. Very not like often, but something that you might have to consider, and that's like just another yeah. feel bad thing that can turn people off to this game. Yeah, the player elimination of like, for example, oh, I don't know, Monopoly or um, you know the games like that that we've mentioned, where it's like, hey, like I win by eliminating you, like Risk or whatever. Um, those games have player elimination. Sheepy Time has player elimination, right? Like, for example, that's built into the thing. And it's like, you're eliminating. If players get eliminated, then all of this, the strategy changes. And then Root, a lot of people will say, like, hey, player elimination is kind of a thing. But, like, it's better. The game is actually it's worse if you do that. Like, you don't actively want to remove them. You can. But if you do, that's actually worse for you than it is if they're in the game still. Which is, I think, true in a lot of respects. But there are some situations, yeah, where like, for example, you can orchestrate a situation where like birds are in an internal turmoil and they can never play again, basically. Or badgers are a snare locked and can never snare recruit locked. or remove yep. anything. And like all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, my comeback mechanic can't be triggered. And I also can't do anything to get my board position back because other factions interactions with me prevent me from doing the thing I need to do to get back on the board, which is in effect, quote unquote, 
player elimination. You're not technically eliminated from the game, but like yeah, you're but in effect hard. functionally eliminated from the game. You can't actually try and win anymore. And a lot of times, but too, like players are like, all right, well, I can't win, so I'm quote unquote eliminated from the game, which is looking for a win. That's also part of it too. And you can, I mean, we can play semantics all day if you'd like with that. But yeah, that is that's what I mean. But that's what we mean when we say this game it can be mean and brutal because sometimes it's like I got a Kingslay. And that means that I got to pretty much eliminate you from the game right now in order for me to have a chance to win. And sometimes, and we've seen some fucking brutal ones before. <laughs> like, yes, oh we, my God. In games, we've seen a guy yeah. get snare locked on Badgers and he just asked, can I just leave? I mean, yeah, like, like I'm... No, you still have to take actions and you'd be quitting the game technically. So he technically like, has to draw cards and like, discard. Draw like, a card and discard and then beg someone to remove the snare. And that's so that you can still play. And it's like, I mean, yeah. you're at the point where if we remove this from you, then you'll win. So we're not going to anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah I think that in that said, way, Brass like, is better than because Brass doesn't yes. have that. Brass doesn't have that. It's also not as deep. Like you can no, get not deep into Brass, but there's just so much more there in Root. It, there's yeah. just, it just doesn't compare. Um, Sorry, yeah. Euro gamers, but yeah, sorry, Root's brass lovers, but one. Root's number one. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. Yeah, I For think now, we knew this like, was coming. Yeah, but the fight is not going to happen here. The fight no. is going to happen when Nemesis comes up. Yep, and the end of the season re rank and during Nemesis and when other games yep. come up against Root. That's why we wanted to have Root first, uh, so that we could have because we knew it would be number one, and then we're going to see if anything else can topple it. And I think Nemesis yes. is the best contender for now, anyway. Um, uh, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> hey we'll see we're at we'll see <laughs> listeners all remember i had another root law that i really like and this one technically isn't in the rule book uh, and one little lovely thing about discord is that you can uh, have little bot commands and uh, my current oh i know uh, what this is sorry nick my current nickname in my in the i think it's within warriors or it's within war machine i don't remember exactly which discord but my favorite root law uh was before the one where uh, the Vagabond, uh, specifically the Vagrant, is what this was good for. He's my favorite Vagabond and the only one I really ever want to play. Um, the Vagabond can move uh, stuff from their satchel, which is like where they hold their items that they're collecting, to like, you know, the side of the board where it doesn't count anymore. That does, The semantics of that doesn't matter at this moment. If you know Root, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, that's okay. You don't really have to. But there was a little like uh, a rule in uh, the law of root prior to the current update where you could basically like break the game a little bit, uh, which is pretty sweet. I was like, oh man, like this is really, this specific rule is really only good because of the vagrant specifically, which is my favorite vagabond. And the vagrant can like basically like manipulate this specific rule such that like it really benefits their ability to do my favorite way to play vagabond, which is passive aiding cards and, and winning. And it's like, I, in my opinion, one of the best ways to win is vagabond. Um, but neither here nor there. So they eliminated that rule. So now that's not my favorite rule anymore. So now I went to the good old classic favorite uh, root rule that's not in the rule book, but it's in the rule book. If you check the Woodland Warriors Discord, you can like do a bot command and ask for rules. And then the mechanical thing will, the bot will be like, hey, here's the, the rule you need to, to know if you like don't know what exactly the wording is or whatever. And that's rule 9.8.1. And rule 9.8.1, if you don't know, if you go into Discord and you go into Woodland <laughs> Warriors, and you go to the bot command, then you type rule dash 9.8.1, it kicks back a rule. And that rule says, the Vagabond is a dick. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the show. Getting Gamey is produced by me, Mark Overstreet, aka Squid. 
And by me, Ray, aka Decoy. Music by Nixbay.com. Thank you.